Christmas Eve, December 24th. A very Merry Christmas to everyone out there as uh, we have uh, another episode of That's What G Said podcast with for you. So much happening this week. And you know what? We've already had a lot of uh, pleasantries. We've already, you know, had so many episodes where we've kind of BSed a little bit at the very beginning where we give you all the information about our sponsors. But since this is kind of a bonus one, as a little bit of a Merry Christmas, we'll just get right into the content on this one. Um, We won't even do any ad reads or anything for you here. Happy holidays. Thank you to everyone for tuning in to That's What G Said. We're going to finish off Hawkeye right now with our episode six full deep dive scene by scene recap and review Tim Kelly joins not only do we talk about Hawkeye episode 6 we really talk about the whole series that's why this one is a little bit longer as we kind of figure out how uh, episode 6 interacted with the first five and then what's going to be coming um, after it moving forward a lot of characters that were introduced spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert Tim Kelly joins me to talk about everything that happened Every single scene in Hawkeye, the finale, episode six. We jump into our deep dive right now. Kick back and enjoy. I love the uh, real world sounds as we get ready for. (laughs) We get the the siren in the background as we get set for the uh, episode six finale of uh, season one. I guess we think it's the only season of Hawkeye so far. And, uh, yeah, we finished up this week. It was a huge week, week and a half or so for Marvel and MCU with the last two episodes of Hawkeye with uh, this entire world now that has been opened up with crossover characters coming from previous shows. Spoiler alert, Tim Kelly and I are going to talk about everything that happened in that finale of Hawkeye episode six. We're going to go scene by scene. We're also going to talk about how uh, some of the things that were involved in Hawkeye were also uh, things that kind of got opened up to us in Spider-Man. We'll talk about the previous episodes of Hawkeye. So just an overall major spoiler warning as Tim Kelly joins me and uh, TK, what are some of your kind of reaction thoughts? We're just a few days out uh, after this finale has dropped. Where do you stand with Hawkeye right now? Once it's all said and done. Well, I'll start by saying uh, finales are hard, man. <laughs> Sticking that landing is is tough. And uh, I really enjoyed this episode, but there were more complaints that I had in this episode than probably all the previous episodes combined. Completely agree. Um, That's a very yeah. fair way of putting it. There's, It was fun. I enjoyed the episode. It just felt like they – I think we, we were kind of getting at this too. They felt like they were trying to do so much with this show mm-hmm. in the last couple episodes that – Inevitably, there were going to be some storylines that just didn't get paid off as well or didn't get, you know, as much attention put to them that they could have. Yeah, yeah. There was just some things that felt a little bit rushed. Uh, I saw some commentary online uh, and I noticed the same thing. Uh, People saying that uh, things were ADR'd, maybe fixed in post. Um, uh, Maybe they they, there was a mandate to change some storylines. I got the feeling maybe that they were holding out on some some uh, characters' fates uh, for later uh, yeah. series, uh, such as Echo. Echo yeah, yeah Kazi and Kingpin, the two that I think people were, I don't want to say upset about, like Kingpin, mm-hmm. he, we can start with him because he was one that we were kind of talking about for a while. Is he going to show up? It looks like it's going to be him. It's going to be him. And he, he's awesome. I mean, his presence is incredible. He's a great yeah. villain, bad guy. We all we have all these questions to ask about him because he's huge. You know, is he soup is he on some kind of a super serum? He seems to, 
you know, not get yeah. hurt like a normal person would. He's walking through arrows. He's getting blown up and he's still fine. So he, I mean, he's an absolute badass, but mm-hmm. the way that he was quote unquote killed off, I don't think anybody thinks he was killed in the, uh, right. in the scene with Maya. That was a little bit kind of lazy, uh, maybe a way to mm-hmm. say it. Like, I, I just don't think most people believe that he's, that he's gone. And then normally when something like that happens, we get a scene in one of the credits to let us know that they're not. So that way we're not sitting here right. at the very end playing this game where it's, this isn't like a debate that is probably one that I guess maybe the Marvel studio people don't care if you, ha- I mean, they're fine with you having it, but as the fans, it's like, we all yeah. know there's no way they introduced us to this character, this villain. They teased it for episode after episode and then he's here and then he's gone. It's just, there's no way. Yeah. And it's a classic uh, common trope. It's a cliche and, and TV, quite frankly, that when uh, you don't see a character's death on screen, uh, it didn't actually happen. They're holding out uh, some angle where they're going to bring him back. And then, spoiler alert, if uh, if you're familiar with the comics, uh, basically that showdown happened very similarly, mm-hmm. similarly to the way it played out in the comics. And um, Kingpin did survive that, but was blinded by the shot. Got blasted right in the face. Uh, and, and it almost seems like the the same thing or something similar is going to happen with Kazi because yeah we didn't see Kazi quote unquote die we saw Maya and him have a little bit of a standoff we saw her mm-hmm. what, like stab him and then kind of like rest him down and then she drove off so I wouldn't like if both of them kind of had similar fate where it looked like she put both of them away and then neither one of them ends up being gone that there, yeah. there are definitely some nits to pick um, in this episode, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. And I think, like anything, um, we in a year or two, once we've got the Echo Show, and once we've got uh, you know a lot of these projects that are coming out afterwards, we'll probably have a fuller picture and a fuller story. Um, and yeah. I don't think there was anything like bad about this series or really about the mm-hmm. the show. It's just the same thing you were hitting on. This has been a problem with Marvel, with MCU for a long time now because yeah. the story is ongoing, really. It's hard mm-hmm. to end an ongoing story, you know? Like, <laughs> y- you know, you want to put, like, a nice bow around it for th- for moving forward, kind of like you would on yeah. a TV show or the end of a season. But they, um, it, like you said, it's hard. It's not – and that's why we give them a, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. It's just, you know, we know what's coming next, and we know there is right. more coming next. Yeah, but you know what? That does – it's starting to feel like a cop-out a little bit, you know, because we're saying that, that – I feel like we're saying that a lot lately, and it's something that's just been on my radar that, you know, the the quality of these MCU programs are dipping he, here and there, and that just the weight and the um, the pace of everything that they have going, uh, and to be able to keep up with all of that at once, I can feel – the strain on the production a little bit. I can yeah, feel and- moments where things feel rushed or uh, there's reshoots that don't quite gel with the overall tone, look, feel of, of the rest of the series. Which is kind of funny because they're notoriously pretty good about having to rewrite, reshoot, yeah. or like get things done quickly when they've had to. We were even They here, always have to. You know? Like, just, yeah. yeah. They're always in such a... Uh, a quick window. Oh, hey, we, we got to get this out. This is the date we're aiming for. We want to have mm-hmm. it on this big weekend, you know, box office stuff. It even with Spider Man, which we were 
talking briefly mm-hmm. about, and we'll we'll have our our deep dive in the next week or two on that. It seemed like that was one that they were kind of changing up last minute, and you and I were a little bit trepidatious mm-hmm. going in, like, you know, this might be really cool. We're gonna probably see three Spideys, but you know, <laughs> it could get wacky. You know, yeah. um, it could be really weird. They 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 nailed that one. They played that really smooth. Um, mm-hmm. but you're right. It is, and I don't know if it's a, and maybe. In my head, I'm still giving everybody a little bit. I'm still grading every show that I watch more than Marvel, more than MCU, or in like even movies. I'm probably still in the last couple years grading everything on a little bit of a curve and giving everybody a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt just in this COVID pandemic age where things might have not been firing on all cylinders. Because you're right. It did seem like there were some edits, there were some cuts in this last episode. And even the... Like the runtime of the episode, I saw some people talking about it was over an hour, but it was like almost 10 minutes of credits. And then in the credits, we only got that one credit scene of Rogers the musical, which was funny, right? It was cool to see that whole thing. But I think we were all kind of expecting one more something after that. Um, I was. Or something with Kingpin, something with Maya, something with the next character for the next story moving forward even if it was um like some of the avengers watching that musical you know like some like just being like oh my god are you serious like we're gonna get anything it just felt kind of anticlimactic that that was the last thing you saw and nothing else after that so you're so right anti anticlimactic was kind of uh the theme of the night i felt like the resolutions to almost all of the storylines just didn't quite Pay off for me, even with the stuff with clean. Elena, the yeah, stuff with Eleanor. Like clean, yeah. and the Eleanor one. Let's talk about for a minute. That one sure. was weird. I mean, I, so yeah. her character all along. I mean, we obviously knew that she was hiding something. She was shady. We didn't really know to what levels, and then we find out that she's literally killed somebody, or she was, you know, like the right. the reason why Armon is dead. She took care of him. And it's like, wow, that that was pretty heavy. And then yeah. after Kate's fight, they have this small interaction, and it's just like, oh, bye, mom, you're going to jail. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's it seems like good. a lot. Yeah, uh, it just seemed like a lot of when they when they came together, it it just kind of played out with with a conversation and not enough uh, change. I, 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 there just wasn't enough that that happened. I mean, there was some great action. I don't want uh, to 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 distract from that that's that's absolutely the thing that really sold me on this episode but it just felt like a lot of the the resolutions boil down to the characters just kind of facing off having a conversation that reminded me a little bit of like a cw um soapy kind of a a, a scene and it, it didn't really have uh it didn't really bring a whole lot of enjoyment to me some of it felt a little bit melodramatic and just just off in general. It didn't didn't this have one, that spark yeah. that the, the previous episodes did. Some of those this scenes. one in particular, and I don't think it was with all of them, but there were like a no. few noticeable ones, like the Maya Kingpin. That didn't feel right. like enough. That didn't feel like a, a, enough. Even the like the Maya Kazi relationship. Mm-hmm. It feels like there are bit, there were like scenes along the way that were missing that might have been cut out. Yeah, I don't know. That that we should have we should have. Understood their relationship a little bit more I think that I was even reading That there might have been one where Kazi 
you know, or or Kazi was the the boy in, in karate. I guess we're right. supposed to being led to believe that that was him that got kind of beat up, and that, or maybe all along there should have been a scene or two where we saw him maybe jealous of Maya, kind of growing up, yeah. or some, and then even maybe like seeing a scene of them, you know, him being conflicted, him maybe being in love. Because we didn't understand, are they? Do they have like a brother sister dynamic? Are they in love? I don't. Right. I don't know. And they didn't. Unclear. Kazi seems like the one character that most people in some of the reactions, recaps, and stuff that I'm reading through. It seems that mm-hmm. that seems to be the character in this series that the most people are kind of upset or frustrated with that they don't think got yeah. fleshed out enough compared to his stories and his you know arcs in the character in the the comics. Yeah, I think a lot of the characters, uh, Kazi, namely, uh, they just didn't have enough to do, and they did more in the comics. Um, they had more impact to the overall story and the other characters. Uh, I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Kazi like uh, stabs Clint in the ears with an arrow in the comics, mm-hmm. and like fully, fully makes him deaf. Uh, so, so that would have been something pretty, uh, pretty intense. And yeah, like it was just not clear whether or not they had this romantic relationship. Part of that, I think, came down to the edit and the writing. Another part, sadly to say, and this makes me not too hyped about. The Echo show, I thought um, the actress who, who plays Echo kind of shit the bed in the finale. I didn't think that she did very well. Throughout no, the series, was... I thought she was a little shaky here and there. But in the finale, I, I didn't think she really sold those scenes. Yeah, um, I thought her her fighting, the action stuff was pretty good. I, and I don't know if it was yeah. her or like we're saying, maybe it was her. Maybe it's it's a combination of. There were some scenes pulled. I didn't get the feels like the emotional mm-hmm. connection yeah. in some of the scenes between her and Kazi or with her and Kingpin. Like, um, I, I loved the I loved the the throughout the series when we checked in with her as a child. Like that was yeah. the the part where I kind of got invested in her story the most. Just kind of seeing the things that she had to struggle with as a kid, and and when she fights. I mean, she's incredible. She's uh, she looks really good. Mm-hmm. I think in a lot of the action, I, I agree with you in that. Like the emotional stuff, I didn't connect with. So um, yeah. I don't know if that was a a point that they were, you know, maybe they wanted to save a lot more for her show. But if they did, they that's a character a, that I mean, compare her to Kate Bishop. Like how I feel right. about the two of them. Oh my gosh, you know, like or Yelena, yeah. even you know, like they're they're amazing. Like they're awesome. I th- I, I think there's a, a level to the acting ability there. That's just, they're not matching. And I got to defer with you on one thing there. I, I personally was not the biggest fan of a lot of, uh, a lot of her action, uh, echoes action sequences. I thought like a lot of times when she would throw a kick or something like that, it felt a little sluggish and they really had to hide her movement uh, in the editing room, which granted, uh, I believe she's an amputee, an actual real life amputee. So selling that action is going to be, damn near impossible to do those uh, stunts at a level uh, that uh, a stunt performer could do. So you got to give her uh, a little credit uh, there and they do sell it pretty well with the way they edit around it. But it was just something that I noticed uh, throughout. There's there's like, um, I'm trying to think. Um, Yeah. It's almost like, like her, her facials a lot of times don't necessarily connect with what's going on. I I was, I was thinking it was almost like there's like a disconnection there. Uh, So yeah, we'll see moving forward. I, I, of all of the newer characters that we were introduced to uh, yeah. recently, she's definitely been one 
I don't want to say that I dis like I I'm I'm just the least interested in right now. We we they need to do yeah. a lot more with her kind of fleshing her out moving forward. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that they they definitely they they felt like they swung and missed a little bit on on a lot of her story and the stuff with her and King yeah. Kingpin with her and Kazi, the stuff around her, even her and her father stuff we could have maybe seen a little bit more. We didn't get any sure. her and Clint in the finale at all. Right. Yeah. Um, Almost like, oh yeah, I'm already done. I'm moving on with him, which was maybe a little weird. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not far off with you on that one. She just doesn't like. I want to see Kate and Yelena have a freaking buddy movie. You know, absolutely. Like, like yeah. those two are incredible. They have a great chemistry. They're Definitely. so funny. Um, their action sequences are like they're the whole package. I feel like with the two of them as newly mm-hmm. introduced characters in some of the recent Marvel stuff. You're always a little bit worried when, you know, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers and uh, and Natasha are, are probably not going to be around very much in the in the future. But when you see yeah. some of them, you know, some of the likes of the new Hawkeye, Haley Steinfeld, when you see some of the likes of Florence Pugh, you know, when you see mm-hmm. what Loki and Tom was able to do with sort of elevated uh, screen time. And yeah. how good Falcon and Winter Soldier in spots was, right? I mean, that was probably one of the series mm-hmm. that people don't like as much, but I don't think it was bad at all. It's just kind of grading right. it on a curve. Maybe it wasn't as good as some of the others. Um, I, I did like, like every, the most of the characters, I feel like who they want to shine lights on moving forward, they've done a, a pretty good job with. And I am excited to see where they go. So it does yeah. feel like uh, the Echo Maya character stood out a little bit in that um she she felt kind of eternals ish in that sense, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and and uh, to the sh- to the show's credit, like there were a lot of great big moments. So I love to talk about those big moments, moments to give you the feels in any which way, you know. And uh, this show really delivered on those fun moments. It delivered with the Marvel quips. Uh, a lot of those jokes really did land. A lot of the visuals really landed. The Christmas theme, uh, I thought played well from bell to bell uh literally this whole series i loved every little ounce of uh christmas joy they squeezed out of it and uh the action they really delivered with some fun uh entertaining action i will say i was a little disappointed i predicted that the tracksuit mafia would be some type of a threat at some point and they literally were a we're joke goons. from beginning They're to end yeah. Yeah. i have a feeling that that was something that was maybe re reworked uh as as we know grill survived uh this i wonder if there was an earlier uh right uh you know draft of, of the series or even a, something that they shot where he he died and you know things got a little bit serious there for a minute but um it was a lot of fun all that action i will say though again on the uh to counterbalance that it started to feel a little bit uh, empty and a little bit ridiculous, a little bit silly and over the top. I had to just kind of go with it and enjoy it and enjoy the the cleverness of all the uh, trick arrows and you know the action and mayhem on the screen. But it was a cartoon at that point, uh, yeah. so it was just something that I had to kind of balance in my head. Fun is a good word, you know. And, and there were some parts where, yeah, you're right. You're kind of roll your eyes a little bit at at things that happened here and there. But it what the trick arrows were fun were. It was cool seeing the building, the, yeah. the like obvious Home Alone sequence where they're putting yes. it together. You know that was <laughs> yeah. that was a blast. And you, the I think the one thing they nailed, which they had to nail in this show, was the relationship between Clint and Kate. Oh, hundred um, percent. 
and and just the chemistry they have and how it feels very genuine and even the ver- the last scene when they burn the road mm-hmm. and stuff and she walks off and she's like okay i got a question for you a lady hawk uh hawk you know and she's going through like the names and he's like no please no you just you feel yeah. it between them they've got a little something there you know and it's that that of all of the relationships had to be nailed. If that one didn't get hit, this show wouldn't have been fun at all. It wouldn't have been that enjoyable. Yeah. We we wouldn't even be critiquing things, but still talking about them in a positive way right now. You know, like if right. that thing, if those two didn't connect, this this show wouldn't have hit. And this was mm-hmm. really like for all of these. Think about it for Nat and Black Widow, for Falcon and you know Winter Soldier, for uh, you know Bucky and Sam in their show, for Loki and his. For Wanda and Vision and them. This has been the biggest thing they have all done in the MCU now. And so until we see Clint have his own show or have a little bit more screen time, you don't know. It's not as if people were clamoring for a a Clint standalone movie. But this was was something that will stack up. I think it will hold up. People will go back and watch it around Christmas because it's fun. It's enjoyable. You know, there's there's not – it's an easy watch. And it's always mm-hmm. moving with the kind of running clock. Is he going to make it home before Christmas? He, spoiler alert, he does. And he brings home yeah. a couple strays. Um, mm-hmm. One or two more things I want to mention um, before we get into our, uh, our our deep dives. Even the Laura stuff felt a little, I don't mm. know, shoe, shoehorned. Yeah. It, you know, um, it, it, for for like one middle of this, the series, we're feeling like this watch is a really big deal. Like a huge right. deal. And then all of a sudden, it's just was it her? It was just her watch. We see the mockingbird on it. There's a number nineteen, but like, who cares yeah. if somebody got this? Was there something more right. to the watch than it just being a watch? I don't. Yeah. You know, we it, that that felt very like something was cut too. I don't know. Yeah. And how hard would it have been to to just add one more layer to it? Like the watch opens up some kind of little hologram thing. You could see that it has access to the actual data. You don't have to show what the data is but that just felt too much like a big setup just for an easter egg it it didn't have a it didn't feel like a fully like fleshed out scene uh or payoff there um if they if they showed you know if a hologram popped up and it showed you know agent 19 mockingbird and it was like a um you know a photo or some type of image of of linda cardellini there in her shield get up like that would have been a bigger payoff and i think a little bit more worthwhile i think they're uh tipping their cap to you know that reality but they just don't they're not explicit enough to really make it uh feel genuine or, or worthwhile it feels just kind of like a waste i did love the theme throughout the the series and in particular in this finale episode of you know you don't have to be a super human super powered to be a hero and this was this was something that sam was kind of mm-hmm. hitting on a lot in um in falcon and the winter soldier and you know this is why kate wanted to be a hero seeing hawkeye someone who didn't have superpowers be able to stand mm-hmm. up and and kind of save her and fight with the aliens and then we get all these you know on a smaller level we get all these larpers you know who yeah. are so they're so proud to to have their moment and I, I did read a couple people um in a couple places that were like you know you're i can't believe they had the larpers they're putting them in danger i mean they're cops right like they're cops yeah. and firemen it's not as if they're just random 
people off the streets. They are actually trained service people. So if yeah. you're going to have any people being your your you know your uh, your kind of your side, you know your security, mm-hmm. your eyes and your ears, sure, I'm I'm fine with it being them. Yeah, and it makes sense they have spare time. These are the type of guys that would would kill for a chance to help an avenger out and like you said, they're first responders. So they there are people who regularly put themselves uh in you know in harm's way to help others so this is this fits that mold for them um i would still argue that it there was something just silly about the whole thing and that added to that uh, like aspect of it feeling a little Mm -hmm. bit too cartoonish and that was something that to me pulled me out of it because like we said sort of at the beginning of the series i was looking to this as maybe something that was a little bit more grounded street level and, uh, you know, on, on another note here, on a kind of a related note, um, I think they really drew a line here between the Netflix series and that tone that they struck there, including yeah. the, with with Kingpin, namely. Uh, and they drew a line here. And I believe we're uh, to infer that this is a, a variant Kingpin. This is not the same exact Kingpin mm-hmm. that we came to know and appreciate during uh, the, the Netflix version of the series. Like you mentioned, he's got some type of superpower, likely. Uh, he's got that super strength and um, some degree of invulnerability here. Uh, so uh, that that's something that I, I felt a little bit, you know, both ways on. I'm okay with it. But it was just another aspect of kind of how they, they made it a little bit more cartoony for this version. Let's jump into Hawkeye episode six, where we'll do our deep dive, our scene by scene. We'll get into everything that we haven't quite hit on in uh, in our overall preview as uh, we finish up with Hawkeye. So I guess before we get in, what we're looking at Hawkeye, you and I will talk about the Spider-Man movie, which just came out. And then mm-hmm. after this, we've got, is it Moon Knight? I think that's, that's the, they're going to be one of the next ones at the beginning of next year. I think one of the early ones in She-Hulk. Yeah. I think are some of the uh, the early shows that'll be coming in, and you and I have to talk. I know you're a DC fan about maybe doing mm-hmm. some of the Peacemaker episodes, which are going to be coming out ah. soon. Uh, which yes, which might yes. have a lot of fun because there's a lot of people that listen to this that are wrestling fans. So the John Cena, John uh, Cena. playing in there yeah. might be a little crossover. I'm sure there might be a few people who might be intrigued. So maybe we'll watch one or two of those, see what they look like, and if we're if we're interested and we like them, then maybe we'll uh, we'll do uh, we'll talk about them on here too, and that. That could kind of start to open up that other world that we uh, we haven't been in that uh, that DC world a little bit. So, just some <laughs> things to keep an eye on as the the calendar will flip to the new year. But right now, let's finish up Hawkeye episode six. We start with the the previously on. They give us what happened on the last episode, and then we see Kingpin, and we get a look at him from behind with the uh, walking with the cane, which is something that he didn't have in Dare uh, in Daredevil as much. The cane. We see um, also in Spider-Man with uh, with Matt Murdock when he uh, when he shows up. So mm-hmm. something to uh, to keep an eye on. Just like you were saying, the way they're portrayed here, we they're the same people. They're going to have some mm-hmm. of the same traits that we knew in Daredevil, but they may be kind of variant cases, or they may be purposely trying to introduce them a little bit different because not all the characters are going to be coming over. Some are going to be here and there, just different stories to tell. So. As far as we're concerned, this is really the king, the only kingpin that we know that we're getting shown right now. This badass dude who walks in to meet with Eleanor, and uh, he—it looks like it's kind of like one of his offices, like maybe an abandoned sort of warehouse type where they've they've set up well uh, a, a kind of headquarters for him. He says, "What well, can I help you with, Eleanor?" And 
You know, she wants to get out of their relationship. She said, I've always done what I was told. Oh, and he said, what I expect when there's a debt, your husband owed a small fortune. So pretty quickly, we find out she's been indebted to him, which I don't know if they did a good enough job with Kate's father either. Um, you know, like he right. he came off like he was the good guy. And now we're, we're right. led to believe that like Eleanor's mom was kind of trying to, I don't know, that it's that felt a little bit weird too, just kind of in passing. Um, well, so much of it just happens via dialogue reveal. So it just right. feels like they're just dropping exposition in a lot of these scenes. I was, uh, and, I don't and, know if you were, yeah. but I was almost waiting at some point for Eleanor or for Kate's dad to like still be alive. Return. Yeah, um, but it's been a while. I, you think I think you hit that. You were like, she's twenty now. You know, she he's she mm-hmm. fifteen years. He's been in hiding or however long it was. You know, he's not coming back at all. Um, yeah. Well, it's comics. You know, yeah, they know. they do this kind of thing. And we like, like we said earlier, we didn't see his death happen on screen. So that's so why you se- think. season two and beyond. I think you know they they could they could absolutely show him. Uh, but that might have also just been an element of really just trying to show. Kate's perspective in that whole scene She's mm-hmm. a child and we're really And that's the whole point of that scene right we're seeing Her perspective on Hawkeye And how that kind of informs And transforms her uh, moving forward uh, From there and and that, um, So yeah I just Think that uh, maybe we're Just limited in scope to the Reality that m- might might have Been her dad might have been a bad guy but She was a kid and just saw him You know as perfect dad So I mean, he he is a badass, though. You feel it right away when he walks mm. in, when he talks, Pink the fan. way he yeah. kind of twitches his eye. He kind of shakes a little when he talks, even, you know, it's just going on. It's, he's he's yeah. terrifying. He really is. The eye twitch was a, was great. I noticed yeah. people uh, pointing that out online, and it was something that was very obvious. Like, you, you could just see what a great actor Vincent D'Onofrio is, that he's wielding those little ticks uh, and using them to tell the story. So Eleanor says, uh, you know, I've repaid it tenfold by now. And Kingpin says, oh, yeah, you know, you're doing pretty well for yourself. It's been a good relationship. I'm confused where you're headed with this. Eleanor says, I handled Armand like you asked. Boom. She just admitted it to whacking this guy. My fiance is taking the fall for Sloan, but my daughter, my daughter is home now. She's getting too close. This is where I draw the line. He says, no, there are no lines in this business. That's why. Eleanor wants to leave and he's telling her, no, don't be rash. The one thing you shouldn't do though, you know, try to, try to find a way to get out of there. Don't tell the guy that you've got, you've got some stuff on him, you know? Mm-hmm. Hey, I just yeah. want you to know I've been keeping an insurance policy, copies of everything in a safe place. Yeah. And he tells her, Hey, you know, in the spirit of the holidays, I'm going to give you a minute to rethink this. <laughs> yeah, I right. don't need a minute. She gets up and she leaves. Not smart for Eleanor. Not not the best way of going about it. Right. I guess she thinks that this is like her only option. I mean, she must know what a what a risk this is. But uh, I, I guess she feels that her insurance plan is is airtight enough that you know he's not going to go after her. That's really going to keep her safe. But um, you know, Kingpin. It seems like he he's way more dangerous than that, and he'll be able to easily. You know, circumvent whatever she's kind of set up there. So we actually see Kate and Clint watching this video. This the video of the scene that just happened, the interaction between Eleanor and Kingpin. 
That was the video yeah. that Yelena text uh, sent as a text to Kate. So she's watching this. Kate heard all of this. She heard her mom admit to killing Armand. She heard her mom admit to framing Jack. Yeah. And Kate is like noticeably like shocked and like frazzled at this yeah. time, as as anybody would if they just found out their mom or dad killed somebody. And right, like just whoa, whoa. Just my mom doesn't even jaywalk. Now she's working with the mob. She killed Armand. My God, I need to mm. talk to her. And she's like, you know, freaking out. She's getting her phone. I got to call her right now. Kate uh, is losing it. And Clint's trying to calm her down. Hey, wait, you know, calm down. Let's talk this out. Kate calls, goes straight to her mom's voicemail. Clint says, take a breath. Your mom needs our help. That's the first thing he wants to let Kate know. Right. Hey, look, you know, your mom's done some stuff, but he's not going to be happy. This dude is not going to let this yeah. go. We need to make sure she is safe right now. Um, and Kate says, no, you know, this is my mess. I'm going to clean it up. Go home and be with your family. You can still make it for Christmas. And quickly, Hawkeye, Clint says, no, Kate, you're my partner. Your mess is my mess. I'm not going mm-hmm. anywhere until this is finished. And you could kind of see it in her face, too. Haley does a really good job of, like, that reassures her. You know, yeah. you're my partner. That makes her feel a little bit better right now. At the moment, she just kind of needed to hear something like that. Yeah, that is everything to her uh, in that moment. Right now, uh, she's she's basically uh, an orphan for all intents and purposes. Her mom isn't isn't the mother that she thought she was, and her dad has is long dead. So she's just kind of flying solo right now, and she really needs to lean on Hawkeye, this guy that she's been um, you know, just essentially worshiping <laughs> since she was about 10 years old uh, and to have that uh, reciprocated uh, that, that appreciation, that respect just, just inflates her balloon so much. It, it, it gives her that lift that she needs to carry uh, forward. And uh, another thing I just, it's a small detail. I loved about this. I don't know if it was intentional, but the video that was sent reminded me, it was kind of like a fisheye effect and it had this kind of reflective, almost gold amber tint to it. It reminded me of like the scene playing out reflected on um, like a a Christmas tree ornament, a gold Christmas tree ornament. And there's something about that visual that I just thought was so in keeping with the overall tone of the show. I don't know if it was, uh, you know, intentional, like I said, but it was just something that if it was, man, that was brilliant. There were a lot of things, and I, I think you're you're very keen. I uh, was able to, to 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 notice those lots of greens and reds and mm, golds yes. throughout the series, right? Just what Yelena's every shot, green, everything. There's combinations of greens and reds and golds just to really kind of smack you over the head again and remind you, yep, it is Christmas here, and yeah. we check in with. Uh, oh, now we get to Kingpin. As uh, Maya walks in at Kingpin's place, and Kingpin and Kazi are in there. Maya walks in, and Kingpin looks at her, and he asks why she's bruised up. She says, I've seen you at the end of some tough matches, but this? What's interesting about Kingpin is he can sign a, a little bit. Right. Know, he, he, and it's it's a, a question that I've I've seen posed in some other places. Is he kind of being manipulative in that? Does he really mm. know how to sign everything? Like, can he understand everything mm. and maybe just kind of picks and chooses what to say to Maya to kind of play dumb, um, kind of act like he right. doesn't really know everything that's going on? But him and Kazi can interact with her via sign, 
um, a lot of their interactions, though, it'll be Kingpin saying something, and Kazi will kind of sign it to Maya, and then Maya will say something, and, and Kazi will be the interpreter in their conversations right. through a lot of it. So the three of them can interact with each other quite a bit. You just sort of it's it's one of those things with uh with Fisk with Kingpin. You, you, you can mm-hmm. kind of sense like when he's signing, um, he says. I always taught you to keep a low profile and he definitely knows low profile, you know, like that's, a, <laughs> right. that's one that he knows. It's like when, um, you know, like when I know Spanish, I know the cuss words, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. it's got to remind me a little bit of that. Like anything that has to do with saving himself or like a signal or a symbol, I'm sure he knows how to get that point across to, to Maya. Right. Um, but uh, he, you know, he asked her what's been going on. And she says that I got carried away. Uh, you know what my father meant to me, he says to all of us. But she then, you know, th- and that was the problem, I think, with with the interaction and even with the way that she played it. I don't, nobody believed mm-hmm. this. She just comes right. in here and she just says, I've come to my senses. I need to focus on the job. Stop chasing ghosts. I've realized no matter what I do, I can't bring my father back. Finding whoever killed him, that won't change anything. And Kingpin's just kind of like, oh, that's quite the turnaround. Yeah. It, it, that the scene was ha- like, you didn't get any, you know, you didn't get the feel here compared to what what you saw between her and an off screen Kingpin when they were when she was a kid felt like more right. genuine than anything that we got between her and him, you know, grown up Maya. Yeah, and I, I think that this scene again kind of showcased a little bit of a failure on the actress here uh that she just wasn't able to get that nuance of you know giving a performance like she's trying to convince fisk that she you know she's being real uh you get the sense that she almost doesn't care if if he uh can tell that she's lying to him like there's just not that she doesn't walk that tightrope uh of like Revealing to the audience uh, and Fisk with some kind of a subtle tick or something that she's that she's being de- de- deceitful. Instead, she's just very one note and she plays it like she's dispassionate about it. And it's very obvious that she's lying. And I just felt like that there it just didn't walk the line now properly uh, between those two emotions better by overacting. Right in this right. in this kind of a situation, like yes. laying it on thick, you know. Yes, than trying right. to play it coy. So that's, uh, I agree. It was like, oh, that's it. It was disingenuous, really, is what it was. Yeah, because um, it just that's not how somebody in this situation would act. Nobody would be that cool, right there. Right. You would, you would be trying to trying to like act goofier than you would that. It just didn't. You know, like if anything, you'd be over the top. Oh no, I'm gonna be okay. I just gotta go take care of a few things. You know, like let me like instead of nothing, like nothing. She was just, um, yeah. As uh, Kingpin says, well, you know that's good. Your dad would have always wanted you to move on. I only wish he could be here now to see all of your accomplishments. Maya asks if she could have a couple days off to clear her head, and Kingpin says, yeah, that's reasonable. He says, I love you, and she signs back, I love you, and leaves. But it wasn't even like a a moment, right? It wasn't even like a you felt the love. It just kind of felt right. like words. Like she just kind of signed it back, I love you. You know, it was kind of yeah. like what you, it reminds me of what like you would say to like your uh you know, what what 
probably what Stephanie said th- said to me a few times when she's been mad at me when I'd be like, I love you. Like, I love you. You know what I mean? Like one of those, right, I was like, right. I'll say it back to you. But, you know, it was almost like, uh, <laughs> um, and that's exactly that's exactly the problem there because this character would be would be motivated to hide her true feelings a little bit more and you got the opposite uh sense almost that this character was like trying to let kingpin know that she was actually really mad she was almost playing it like that uh which is just makes no sense if that was like a direction and that was what they wanted from her that was just a bad Mm -hmm. call that's a bad call whoever who if it if it was them if this was like a natural thing any way it was done, yeah. it didn't elicit the emotions that it needed to elicit in this scene. Right. And um, she, uh, yeah, she leaves. So now Kazi and Kingpin are talking as uh, he turns around. I loved just the way he words some of these lines mm-hmm. are great. Yeah. You know, they give you like goosebumps when he starts talking because he doesn't get huge monologues. But when he gets a few a few lines to yeah. just to go. He says the Ronin yeah. is running around the city. An Avenger has taken an outsized interest in our operations, and the Bishop woman. She thinks that she can quit her job as if she works for Goldman Sachs. Yeah. And Maya, my Maya, she's turned on us. Yeah. And um, Kazi, he chews it. He chews yeah. it up, man. I, oh, I got I gotta say, it's it's it overacting in the best kind of way. I think it's, he's he's doing it big. He's bringing a little bit of a different flavor to it than he brought uh, to the Netflix show, which fits the the larger than life version here. Um, and you know, I will say it took a little bit to get used to. I, I at first was was expecting more something in line with, with Netflix, but in the end, uh, I, I really like the, the the tone they struck here and, the, and some of the things that they did with him. And, and Vincent D'Onofrio is just a master. He's going to nail it no matter what. And uh... Yeah, he, his his line to Kazi here says, "What will we do about it? The people need to be reminded that the city belongs to me." Is uh, that's that's one thing that we um, we are led to believe that this is someone who, during the snap, the blip, hmm. came to power, came right. came to a lot of power again. You know, you wonder with the way that it seems like he's built with possibly. A some sort of a serum super serum Is there Mm going to be ties to him And maybe Sharon Carter The power broker power broker Yeah 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 you know Some that's likely uh, uh, You know kind of bad on the bad Side that have been doing some uh, some inner Workings and some dealings together so Just some stuff that was uh, you know Already percolating I think in most of our minds I think that all organized Crime in the MCU is going To tie to Kingpin Moving forward, it's going to dovetail and have some connection to Kingpin. I think he's that. That's probably Armor Wars. I think right. Right. And one of the the shows, and um, you know, you may. I'm sure you'll get some in Maya, uh, in in Maya's show, in Echo. That I'm sure he'll Mm -hmm. you know he'll pop back up there too. But you're right. Ten Rings stuff too. Ten Ten Rings. I think will will dovetail. He could absolutely be working with that organization that Shang Chi's sister is now going to be in charge of. So you're right. He's going to be the you know the 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 New York boss guy, right? He's gonna yeah. have the, anything, any dealings, any inner workings around New York. I think are gonna have some ties now to Kingpin. Mm-hmm. As uh, we check in on Kate and Clint, they're on the subway, and he's you know just apologizing to her again. I'm sorry how all of this has turned out. And Kate is like, you know, she 
I think for the most part, I I liked Kate in this episode. There were a few times mm-hmm. where I thought that maybe I, the word disingenuous disingenuous popped back up again. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh really? Like that's your mom? You, that that that's it right. with your mom? You know, there's nothing more yeah. there. Not even like, but I, I did like how confident she was. You know how how ready she was, but that almost came off a little bit. You know. I'm like, wow, she just found out her mom is killing people and stuff, and she's just like, boom, like she's right on it. She's focused. I don't know if I can mm-hmm. be that way. I and maybe that's why I'm not. Uh, but right, she, she did seem like even here where Clint's trying to console her, she's like, hey, can't think about it right now. We got to focus on tonight. Yeah. Oh, it okay. It's a little unbelievable. It's it's your yeah, own it's, mother, and it's it your is. only living parent, and really only family member. I think that they've indicated by yeah. the end. I mean, she like like we talked about earlier. She goes to to a Chris celebrate Christmas with um with Clint and his family. Uh, so uh, obviously, there's no like uncles or anybody that she's you know meant to hang out with. Uh, this is real. Clint's the only family she has left. Uh, after her mother's gone so you would think that there would be some more attachment there there would be some more devastation there and that she wouldn't be able to handle herself the way that she does uh you could argue like you kind of alluded to there that it's just you know that's her constitution i guess uh that she's she's a superhero uh or she's meant to be a superhero and she's cut from that sort of cloth so she would be able to compartmentalize and handle that sort of trauma uh, but yeah, like you said, a, a little disingenuous, a little, a little off. And, and that sequence, uh, you know, at the end where she kind of confronts her mom just felt like a, a reshoot or a retool of something. Oh, yeah. I got the feeling maybe awful. she was meant to die. Maybe, maybe Eleanor was meant to die mm-hmm. and they were just wanting to have that story play out in a, in a later series. So they're just kind of holding off on some things that they planned to do. And maybe that was a note that the studio mandated. Yeah. So I, I um if if the Eleanor story wasn't in here or like if if Kate hadn't just found out that her mom was a murderer then I wouldn't mm. mind it all like that she was confident and she was game ready right like I've been waiting for this moment my whole life I'm ready to go but anybody would be a little shell shocked by the information she just had yeah know? it was like that it, I would have liked to see maybe a little bit more coaxing from Clint and not like be- but just Mm-hmm. Having to get her mentally prepped, you know, right. um, a little bit more, not, not even a lot, just uh, <laughs> this is a small, a small critique, but I, I, lo- I loved the la- the next little like 10 seconds when mm-hmm. um, Clint says, you know, you're right. We need a ton of gear, like yeah. a whole batch of way too dangerous trick arrows. And oh, Kate yeah. says, you can make more. And she grins like. She, like a little kid, you know what? Like, wait, you, you're, you're what? What? Yeah. And then Clint, the smile that he gives yeah. back to her was just, I love. It was like a Grinch smile, you know. Right. It was, I want, and they might. Like, I wonder if Clint was literally going for that because he just kind of looks back over, and I wrote devilish grin. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a great moment, and uh, again, that's a, a testament to the, the chemistry of those two actors who just absolutely nailed it. Every scene that they're in together, I, I think they they totally owned. Uh, and I'm a big fan of Kate Bishop, and I'm a big fan of uh, of this writing turn here. We kind of talked about how early on in the series they were setting up kind of real world stakes and limitations, uh, and that was one of them. Uh, that there was a limitation to uh, and a scarcity to these arrows. 
but it, it works to just have in the finale it be revealed that no, that was just something that uh, Clint was being a little misleading on. You know uh, that uh, Kate wasn't ready yet, yet for for those. Uh, they're still too dangerous for her, and even still, some of, some are still too dangerous for her. Um, are still but uh, too now is the time, exactly. right? <laughs> but now now is the time. Now is the time uh, to to you know let her have access to that and to sort of level up their partners. Now he's going to be. Uh, uh, forthright with her about you know what they have available to them and uh i, I thought it fit uh, the moment and it, and again it played fun and that's what we want it allowed for these fun moments the trick arrows are a lot of fun and it, it uh it made sense and it was logical in the story so i i enjoyed that moment we get the uh the home alone scene here where they're prepping the trick you know you're getting you're, you're yeah, literally yeah. seeing kevin McAllister putting everything together there <laughs> iconic She's, She's pouring like gunpowder into some of them. He says, "Hey, uh, have you seen the pepper spray?" <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, I got it. I got it over here. This one." So they're uh, putting the arrowheads on these arrows, and you know, Clint is fixing some, and he's you know being surgical over there with the, everything yeah. that he's doing. And um, Kate, it's great because she's labeling them just so that way she won't forget like which one's which, mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Uh, She's asking him as he hands them to her, which one's this one? And the way that he says it at the beginning, it's funny because he hands one to her and he says way too dangerous. And it's it reminds yeah. you of, you know, a couple episodes before where he would have told her, no, you can't even have that. They don't right. even get, but he's only saying it so that way she could label it. Right. <laughs> it's not as if he's telling her too dangerous for her to use. He's like, oh, that's the way too dangerous one. Right, right. <laughs> Is referencing that specific <laughs> moment from earlier. I, I love that. Yeah, just great. Um, so we get like a, I think one of them is an airbag, Stark Tech freeze, a flash bomb, mm-hmm. and ice breaker are some of the labels mm-hmm. that she makes, and she's literally repeating them and then typing them out on the label maker. Right. <laughs> and so we see them. The little details just stacked right there. As they get real for a second, Clint asks about the holiday mm-hmm. party tonight. And uh, he says, you know, you don't have to do this. It's part of the job. It's always inconvenient. It's lonely. You will get hurt. Heroes have to make some tough decisions. So if you're going to do this, I just want to know that you're ready. Mm. And she tells him now for the first time. She hasn't ever told him really about the the moment that she had where she saw him when she was a girl. Mm. And, and why she's such a fan of his. And she lets him know. I was younger. Aliens invaded. I was alone. I was terrified. And I saw you fighting aliens with a stick and a string. I saw you jump from that building even though you can't fly, even though you don't have superpowers. And I thought if he could do that, then I didn't have to be scared. You showed me that being a hero isn't just for people who can fly or shoot lasers out of their hands. It's for anyone who's brave enough to do what's right no matter the cost. I'm ready. (laughs) So they have their little little moment. I thought this scene was very good. Uh, probably yeah. one of my favorite of the of the episode of the putting stuff together and just the hey, let's let's lay it out on the table right now. You know, let's let's get ready. Kind of like our 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 pregame prep talk here. Let's get ready and let's do this. Yeah, it was an earnest moment, uh, which I really enjoy. I feel sometimes MCU is a little uh, too uh, too has too much of a hair trigger with like trying to subvert earnest moments and any kind of earnestness uh, with some kind of, uh, you know, humor or, or some jokes to kind of 
uh, you know, soften that blow, however that may be. But I, I like it when uh, characters can get real for a moment. And this was an important uh, exchange for these two characters because Hawkeye and Clint knew that, you know, Kate had looked up to him, that had, there was this degree of hero worship. But he didn't understand exactly um, why that was and, and ju- just how formative that uh, the experience for Kate was, you know, in that uh, battle of New York and seeing him do what he did. Uh, so for him to kind of realize that it also gave him a moment to kind of uh, accept his role as a hero, which yeah. he has denied multiple times throughout this, this series. But this was her being blunt to, to his face, telling him exactly how it is. Uh, and he kind of got that moment to, to really understand from an, an outside perspective without the, you know, the self-loathing that he has in there. He could see himself through her eyes. And then that sort of inflated him a little bit and his ego in, in the right kind of way so that he could step up in this moment and, you know, be that fully fledged hero that she already knew him to be. So the setting for uh, our kind of Final standoff face-off is going to be right around this holiday party that Eleanor is having As we see Kazi and the tracksuits, they're getting ready Kazi is basically positioned in one of the, the neighboring buildings like a sniper So he's got like dead aim on a lot of the people that are going to be at that party at Eleanor's And yeah, so he's talking back and forth with some of the, the tracksuits Kate and Clint show up to the party and they've got the LARPers all uh, all disguised as waiters and security, and they're yeah. all on on radio with each other. So as they walk around the 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 you know the place, they can talk to each other. Um, Grills and Missy and some of the LARPers can help them, you know, kind of just add extra eyes and ears for them all around yeah. the party. As Clint asks, you know, okay, tell me what you see. What are our assets? What are our threats? She says, hmm, <laughs> threats. That's Gary from Gary from episode one, which is great. She says he fired me from one of the only jobs I ever had <laughs> when she was pretending <laughs> to be the uh, the wait staff. That's and, great. And then she looks and she says, "Well, assets. We have those all over the party." And we see her kind of looking to all the different LARPers, you know, disguised all yeah. over the place. So I thought that was kind of a cute scene. Um, Eleanor, well orchestrated. That was a well orchestrated scene. The way that they right? the timing. They didn't. They didn't show us the plan. In it. It, they showed us that they were making a plan. But they didn't. They weren't explicit about we're going to bring the LARPers into it. And then that was such a clever way to show it. We talk about like how exposition happens uh, in a series. That was like a beautiful way. It was couched within a little mini training sequence that you have. So they're continuing Kate and Clint's relationship of you know the mentor uh, uh, sort of thing and her, him teaching her how to be Hawkeye. Uh, but you're also getting uh, the stage set for what's happening, uh, what the plan actually is, who who's on our side in a very natural way that was just, I thought, really clever writing, really well done. And also we're setting up a great uh, scene here. There's a classic uh, kind of trope for superhero movies. I'm thinking Dark Knight, the dinner party, the upscale dinner party, high rise uh Scene. Uh, this is a play on that. It's also a little James bit. Bondy. We get some diehard. We get yeah. some James Bond. It, this is a fun, fun sequence, uh, and they really do a lot of good stuff with the action and and uh, orchestrating uh, all the characters here, um, including Jack, who's who's coming in very shortly. Yeah, and he and I was very I love, enjoyable. I love him. Jack is freaking great. Yeah. I think like he's one that I definitely want to see some more from moving forward. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. he. 
he's the the actor that plays him is just really good at being <laughs> so corny. He's really like, good, and he, it's so different from the previous role that I knew him as, which I think was on the Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul. I think he plays a character called Lalo, and he's just terrifying and really an interesting kind of quirky character on that show too. But uh, man, he he's very different in this, and just so funny and so entertaining. He he says uh, uh or the 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 back and forth Kate have about Jack is great. So Jack walks in and she's Kate says, "Wow, Jack's out of jail already. Nothing phases that guy." And Clint says, <laughs> "So Jack's wielding a sword just out of jail for allegedly <laughs> murdering someone with one. Maybe it's his way of proving he's really innocent. Yeah, weird flex, but sure." <laughs> and yeah. uh, and then Jack interacts with we don't. It, this isn't so we let we're led to believe this is one of the Armands too, right? I think are we supposed to think that the kid that he's interacting with? Because I think Jack says your father, mm. which would have been probably his brother, maybe, right? Or like is are it, his Question. relationship to Armand was uncle, I think, right? So think Armand so. wasn't his father. I think Armand was his uncle, and so I I would imagine that Jack's probably talking to another one of his nephews right here you right. know i, I think or cousin, one of the maybe? cousin or one of the seven yeah. armands maybe because i think there are seven of them right right but right right so I, i'd imagine that was probably what they were playing on here this was like another one of the armands <laughs> and the kid was just so annoying and jack yeah. is jack just won't have any of it you know so he's funny. like he plays ripe which is great because with kate and with other people jack is like silly you know yeah. he's like Affable. he'll let them yeah, he'll let them get the uh, the upper hand, you know. Right. And um, but with this kid, he's like, <laughs> nope. He says, uh, the kid says, I thought you were in jail. He says, I was until your father bailed me out. And the kid tells yeah. tells him, Mom said I was gonna get your wine collection. And he, Jack says, What? <laughs> You're not old enough to appreciate my wine collection. And so the good. little kid is such a snark. He says, well, I will be someday. And Jack says, It will have peaked by then. Kid yeah. says, "Not if you go back to jail, it won't." <laughs> and then, that, that's the line that Jack's just like, "Okay, hey, screw it. Hey, you remember when yeah. you peed in your pants in the Hamptons? Yeah. I do. Everybody does. So yeah. good. Line of the, the series, I think. Honestly, right? I laughed harder than that than anything so far. Because what is the thing that when you're a kid, it's like that's <laughs> oh, he, you know, peed his pants. You know what I mean? Like, and it just everybody piles on. Like, it's just yeah. such a." Such a thing that a 10-year-old would say to another 10-year-old or, you know, even less. Yeah, like, eh, you peed your pants. Like, oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's so well delivered. And I couldn't, I couldn't remember at first what it reminded me of. But there's a great joke in Superbad. They're on the soccer field at school. And the setup is something similar where it's James Franco's brother. What's his name? Whatever that Frank. Dave Franco. He's running by Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill. And uh, Jonah Hill says something, or he says something snarky to Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill, and then they, they say some something very similar about him peeing his pants. And Jonah Hill is just like, people don't forget. And I just died laughing at that, and this moment was, I thought, just as funny. It is great, and you know what? That is like a doppelganger moment of mine. 
Um, if you look mm. at that scene, um, he like for a second, you might have even thought that was me when it runs by because I used to. Uh, uh, I've had a few people are like, "Was that oh, you in that yes. scene in Superbad?" That's so funny it's the way his face looks too when he kind of like turns from the back. Yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah, scrunching. Yeah. He's kind of like got a scrunched face there, and you can see it's really funny. It kind of looks like. Uh, when I when I played soccer for a while, you I played was, soccer too. And, yeah, and, I, and, I remember it, you used to coach soccer back then. Yeah, day. yeah. So it was kind of funny. Uh, that one scene, I I would have friends of mine sometimes be like, "Dude, Gino, that looks just like you in that scene." And he kind of has like a, <laughs> "Dude, what the heck?" Like he says it in a weird, like his voice is kind of weird, where it's sort of like uh sounds like annoying, like mine might be. So yeah, yeah. And, uh, that, I, that's such a funny scene to to have referenced. I'm glad that you brought that yeah. one up. Shout uh, out to Super Bad. That movie is is great and it, it, it's aged really well. I just watched yes. some of it recently and it's it's still such a good movie. It's in my top five comedies easily. It's like one of those you forget about it, you know. Yeah. And then when you haven't watched it for like a year and it comes back on, and there are just four or five of the scenes that you're just dying, yeah. just dying when they come on. And uh, we, okay, so Kate and Clint now are are kind of checking in. They're and. Orville is one of the, the LARPers who's helping out. So they're all kind of looking around. They're trying to find Eleanor as Yelena enters. And Clint and Kate, they're on earpieces. They're kind of walking around the party, uh, you know, all scoping everything out. She, uh, Kate sees Eleanor and she grabs her mom to take her into like the back area, the kitchen. We also see kind of a flash to Kazi who's set up. He's waiting to shoot Eleanor and he's got her. Marked, and if yeah. if Kate doesn't walk in and grab her mom and take her into the other room, Kazi would have blasted her. Like, it was yeah. that it was that close. He's he's set up to just take her out immediately, just to give you a sense of like kingpin too, right? This the last yeah. interaction they had was like Eleanor, like I want to leave. There's no going to Eleanor, pleading or talking to her about it. It's like nope, just kill her. Yeah, and that shows that they're confident that whatever. You know, uh, whatever contingency plan she has, they can they can squash that. Maybe Kingpin has, you know, guys on the inside with her that he already knows what what uh, contingency plan she has. You know, like that for them to act so fast on this has just shows that whatever that plan was is is meaningless to Kingpin. So Kate tries to to tell her mom, look, I'm saving your life. Your business partner wants you dead. And even at this point, Eleanor's still trying to act like, what are you talking about? Uh, I don't, you know, how would you know? You know I, Kate shows her mom the video of of her and Kingpin, the one that Yelena sent. And she says, all these years, Eleanor tries to, you know, she tries to explain herself. You don't understand. When your father died, I was blindsided. He owed that monster money. And she's trying to, and Kate's like, what are you you killed people mom like like you're like you're i I, you think that's okay but then here comes jackie interrupts there you two are sorry to interrupt darling i need to have a word (laughs) with you and eleanor is just like trying to push this off kate don't worry about it i have everything under control well no she doesn't as uh kazi locates clint from uh across the way from the building that he's in and as he has clint lined up he gets ready to to shoot Clint. Clint actually notices the little laser from the gun right before mm-hmm. he's able to avoid the shot. And him and the LARPers start to try to get everybody out of, out of there and evacuate. Clint asks Missy to help everyone get out of there. He gets them all away from the window. And 
that they're that's now the the LARPers task is just trying to get everyone to safety, which I think for all the goofy stuff for and then that's actually fine for them, right? Like having them be right. the people to just get people to safety versus come here and like swinging swords around and like fighting the bad yeah. guys. That makes a lot more sense to me. That makes perfect sense. Everything so far with the LARPers, I'm I'm fine with. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit right now and say that where they kind of go with it, they really lose me. But this part of them just evacuating people, them being part of the surveillance and the overall plan, I think is is brilliant. Uh, brilliant job. They're characters. cops. That's their job. Yeah, they're, exactly. I mean, they're cops and firemen. So you're using the people that like are 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 already trained and know what they're doing here. It made perfect sense. You've got some backup yeah. here, and uh, and a really cool moment here too. Uh, you, you described it a little bit, but I just wanted to point out that that's one of those big moments that I that I thought. When I think back on the series, I'm going to think about that moment with the red dot and how he grabs the tray and deflects it. It was just really well done. Uh, the way they built up that moment and then the, the way they shot the action and just the way they conceived that action. Oh, there's a lot of fun, uh, cool action in this that we've been able to enjoy throughout the series so far. I mean, just touching on the uh, the, the Pym arrow that we saw earlier on the bridge. Uh, that was a really standout moment. I think up until this point in the series, we're getting uh, more of those you know, per episode than we have on really any other uh, Marvel series so far. I, I, when I think back to Falcon and Winter Soldier, really the only big moment that stands out to me is when the new Captain America, John Walker, holding the blood. You know, with, yeah, with with the bloody shield, and when he with the, he's coming down with that shield to basically take off a guy's head with it, and the image of him, uh, you know, there that that's a haunting image. But that's one moment. Uh, each episode of Hawkeye really had, uh, I think, some some standout action that I'm going to remember very fondly. And it's going to uh, beg for rewatches, you know, every year, because it's like, like you mentioned earlier, it's a, it's a Christmas thing. And so it's going to be something that people can, you know, go back to every year. It's going to be um, a perennial uh, way to celebrate, you know, as a Marvel fan. And Kazi alerts the, uh, the boss and some of the other tracksuits. Barton's here and the girl tell the boss Christmas came early. So heck, yeah. Kate Barton, and Eleanor all here, all of the the targets for <laughs> Kingpin, Kazi, and the tracksuits. Everybody's right here. Boom, let's take care of all of them. And Kate continues to tell her mom, "You're the reason it's dangerous out there, mom." They, you know, they hear the gunshots in the back, and says, "Stay put and stay out of this." And, and Jack's just kind of standing there, sensing what's hap- what's going on with uh, with Kate and Eleanor, and he says, "You know." I feel like I'm missing something here. <laughs> and, yeah. and then and then it was like as you hear the chaos and people screaming and fighting all in the background, Jack gets this like, okay, Jack, this is it. This is your time. <laughs> and he hears yep. the commotion. He feels this is his glorious purpose, right? To take right. a line from Loki. Like he this is his time right now. Yeah, I, I love the way they paid off Jack here. Um in the comics, he's the swordsman. Uh, it seems that the you know the backstory isn't as uh, involved with Clint as it is in the comics. Uh, this is a different version of the swordsman, but they needed to pay off uh, that aspect of his character in some way, and this was a very clever way of doing it. It was this weirdly anachronistic, you know, fighting style that's happening, you know, in a very modern setting. Uh, it, you know, this is Christmas 2020 something. I forget what year we're in now because of the time jump. But uh, this is very much modern times, and we've got guys with guns. But then we're battling them with 
a guy with like a rapier sword. I don't know how to say that. Rapier, rapier. I'm not sure. Uh, a sword and um, and bows and arrows. So uh, it, again, that it's fitting. It fits the theme. It's absurd in the right kind of way. Uh, and uh, Jack was just such an enjoyable character. It was nice to see him uh, get to be a hero in these final moments. <laughs> so. Um... Clinton and Kate are trying to figure out what's going on amidst all the uh, the chaos and the madness. They, Wendy, Grills, and Missy are some of the LARPers that are uh, that are helping out, and that's when Kate sees Yelena. So she says, "Oh shit!" And so she run, she runs off to follow. And uh, there, as uh, Yelena's waiting to get into an uh, an elevator, Kate finds her. She says, "I I know you're chummy with my mom. I didn't think you'd mm. make the cut for the Christmas party." And of course, Yelena, Kate Bishop. Uh, yeah. I'm not here to ruin anything. I'm just gonna kill kill Bart. Uh, I'm just gonna kill Barton. Have some appetizers, then I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Kate says, "I hope you will enjoy the bruschetta because it looks like you already lost him." And Yelena's like, "He's in the elevator." And Kate, yeah. Well, yeah, but but out of sixty-five <laughs> floors, you're just gonna magically guess which one he's on, and then the elevator dings, and they can just both see he's on floor twelve. Yeah, and, and great Yelena, moment. Yelena just goes, 12th floor. And uh, Kate, <laughs> damn it. Kate does a really, uh, she plays the, like, um, right after, uh, you know, when, like, the, the being wrong and, like, damn it. Like, Kate mm-hmm. does that really yeah. well. She does it throughout the series a lot where it's, like, damn it, Yelena, I like you. You know, or, like, she, like so it, true. when she's trying to be tough and then Clint will do or say something and she'll be, like, oh, shit, that was cool. You know, like, you can see <laughs> yeah, her, yeah. her face and the way she says it. And that. Like it's just again, it's a look a little small thing that uh, the actress does really, really well because it may it's enough to where we talk about it and it's something that we notice and it's just like oh that's that's really great. Um, yeah, there's just a humility to her character and just yeah. something just genuinely likable. Haley Steinfeld again just knocks this role out of the park. She's so good in it uh, and the, the chemistry there. We talked about the chemistry with her and Clint. The chemistry with her and Elena is fire. I just love their dynamic that they have this kind of mutual respect. Elena is just constantly being surprised by how, you know, uh, formidable uh, Kate is, you know, for such a a young woman, how strong she is, how capable she is. And I think Elena really admires and and respects that while also feeling like, you know what, I can absolutely dominate this person. I'm still that much better and and ahead. Uh, But she has this mutual respect there. Um, And then again, you've got that, Kate is kind of hero worshiping. She's seeing her almost as like Black Widow, another yeah. Avenger. You know and, what? And it's so like there's a, that aspect. It's it's almost the big sister, you know, the Natasha. Right. It's she's she's yeah. being the Natasha almost for her kind of, you know, that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Elena doesn't have anymore. And gosh, it's so it's so great. They are they are just awesome together. As uh, and Elena's hair, we gotta say. But by the way, Elena's hair in this is money. I, I pointed it out to. To my wife, I was just like, do you like her hair in this? Because it's 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 stand out. And yeah. my wife was like, I love it. And I was like, I think I love it too. It's pretty cool hair. I don't know what She's she did. She did this cool braid that's almost like a mohawk. And it, it looks pretty badass, I got to say. She's got this green coat on too um, mm-hmm. over her, you know, Black Widow gear. And she, yeah, she, like they're, they're a little back and forth. So she is, as Yelena gets on the elevator, uh, Kate tries to get in and she kind of Says no no Kate stay She like pushes her out And uh, and then right before the elevator Door closed Kate just jumps in 
she gets right into it. And, <laughs> yeah. And like the, just the little noises and stuff that Yelena makes, she's just like, ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and then Kate is in, they're standing next to each other in the elevator and Kate will go to press a button and Yelena smacks her hand away like a child. Like, you know, like, yeah. like if you're in the elevator with your mom or dad and they're like, don't press the buttons and you go to press one and you smack your hand away. So she yeah. does that once. And then Kate again tries. So Yelena does like a, a like a throw and, and throws Kate onto the ground. And, mm-hmm. you know, Kate gets up again and again she tries. And Yelena does like another arm drag kind of toss. And, uh, and, and as Kate gets up after being like thrown down to the ground for the third time, she's just like, flustered and she's all over yeah. the place. And she just slaps Yelena across the yeah. face. And Yelena is so offended. She's like, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> and she, and it, Kate is like so terrified of what she's done. Yeah. She's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm sorry. It was, oh, it was just, <laughs> I loved it. It was so great. And then immediately Kate goes and just presses all the buttons on the, yeah. in the elevator. And Yelena's like, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you know, and, yeah. um, it was just so funny though, like the physicality there, the, the, the beats that they did, uh, it was a great scene and it was, it was unique too, because that dynamic of like, you've got this assassin who's trying to kill somebody. Uh, but we, as the audience know that she's a good person and she's being misled. And then we have Kate, who's just trying to protect her friend. And then somehow, her and the assassin have like a mutually uh, mutual respect for one another. And, and Yelena doesn't want to hurt Kate, but Kate's just kind of in the way. So they're like walking this like tight wire where you were worried, like, you know, is Kate going to cross the line and Yelena's just going to go full assassin mode and just take her out. You kind of, as an audience member are worried about that, but we know better. We know that she's a good person. And it's almost like we, and we find out at the end of this, the, the, the scene here that, Yelena's just toying with her a little bit. She's mm-hmm. having fun. She's she's having a little scrap. She's making her mission uh, a little bit of um, uh, an adventure, a little bit of a party, a little bit of um, a challenge because uh, she's just so good. She She's probably in, on some level feeling like she's just going to walk it in there, take Clint out, and there's not going to be any you know fun to it. But this is her having a little bit of fun on the way. Um, it was... It was so funny in this elevator scene with the two of them. Yeah. Really good stuff. As uh, then, you know, they're after she slaps her, they're kind of like scrapping a little bit, and Yelena pulls off of pulls off the jacket that Kate's wearing, and we re- and it reveals Kate's new Hawkeye yeah. costume. Uh, her, you know, her, and Yelena uh, says, "Did you plan that?" You know, and, and Kate's like. <laughs> Yes, no, I'm, and that's what she presses. <laughs> she presses all the buttons, and right. it's like, oh, come on, it's so annoying. And she calls, <laughs> she says, "suka," which I think means "bitch" in Russian. Right. And uh, and then elevator door opens. Yelena runs, and Kate is in pursuit as they head along through this building. Um. So now we're Great getting tracking all these, shot. Yeah, that beautiful. Another old boy uh, homage. Uh, we saw. Re- we're seeing a lot of old boy homages. There were a lot of them in the, you know, the Daredevil series on Netflix. We saw it recently uh, in Shang-Chi uh, on the bus scene, the way that they did uh, one, one, one uh, sequence on the bus there. 
uh, very reminiscent of Old Boy. And this again uh, is like that. Only they're they're giving a little bit of a twist to it because it's like we're going from comic panel to comic panel as we like uh, as we uh, track left uh through each room and they're they're just leaving a trail of, of destruction with them along the way it's such a good again memorable moment for this uh series and again really really strong action choreography we're getting a lot of these um cuts now from we've got you know yelena and kate we've got we cut to clint kind of see where he is we yeah. check in over uh for a moment with uh with Kazi now who Kazi and the tracksuits are kind of chatting on their radios. They're coming to you. Red one in position is uh, the LARPers are, you know, they're doing their thing. They're trying to find Kate's mom, but they're helping evacuate people. They're trying to get people to safety as <laughs> Yelena and Kate continue to, you know, run. They're chasing each other and they're fighting through these offices. Yeah. And there's, there's like one guy in this office building as they battle, you know, through and uh, Kate. They stop for a second, and Kate's like, hey, what are we doing? I mean, it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> Let's grab a drink, huh? And Yelena's like, yeah, sure, cool. After I kill Barton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Kate's like, no, no, that's not what I meant. I mean, come on, you don't need to. And and Yelena kicks Kate, and they continue to battle throughout. Um, the, the, just them in this ongoing battle through this, like, top floor of this building Oh, it was mm-hmm. great. Just like the visual of yeah. it too, because you could see them like making their way across the building and they're running yeah. in and out of rooms and kind of using some of the stuff around them. And they ran past this one guy who's just listening to the radio. You know, uh-huh. everyone here at 1076 Light FM would love to wish you a Merry Christmas. Like those are just little things that yeah. I like. I love. I just oh, there's just a dude. And I and then for a second I stopped and I was like. Oh man, that guy's in the office on Christmas Eve alone. Like I was like thinking that right. for a second right there. I was like, oh man, poor guy there. You know, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm on like a total tangent while I'm watching this, but that's <laughs> what good stuff does, right? They make mm-hmm. you think about all of the thing, the little things, and that's why I think we get a little bit frustrated when things don't connect, like with Maya, mm-hmm. because we know how good they can be at their best. Like we're literally yeah. talking about this moment where they're like juggling. Three or four different things that Kate and Yelena have going on Yet the mm-hmm. one thing with Maya felt very unfinished, rushed, maybe underdeveloped yeah. You know, um, and, and that's why we we only critique and we only have high expectations Because we see what they do when they deliver you Right, know, like, right Like if, if it was, we wouldn't expect it if we hadn't seen them do some amazing, amazing stuff so we, you know, mm-hmm. it's part of their own fault. We're always going to have a heightened expectations because of how good a lot of the content they uh, they continue to produce is. And, and definitely, yeah, this is this is good, man. The, this is good. A lot of chemistry with Yelena and with Kate. As uh, Yelena now um, is getting ready to leap out the window, and Kate, they have a little interaction there where. Um, so Kate shoots did she, did she shoot the arrow through the window And then the window breaks It kind of like um, I think it like hurts Yelena's hand As she's getting ready to, to kind of try to uh, Propel down <laughs> That really hurts And then Kate says yeah. well so did the kick to the ribs And Yelena's oh yeah Yeah that was a good one that was good form And she goes but you you did the really cool body throw You know And, <laughs> and yeah. Kate's like thank you Thank you yeah Stop making me like you 
It was <laughs> just and even just the way that Yelena says it, like, oh yeah, you cool body throw, you know, and she's you're throwing yeah. it like uh, that. And Gates, yeah, she's so she's so excited to just be getting compliments from, you know, Clint and, and Yelena and, yeah. and some of these uh as Yelena then just says, I'm sorry, I can't help it. That was really fun. And then she just Batmans it right out the freaking window. She just runs and leaps out the window and propels down the building. She, a and great show, shot there, too. show us yeah. the side. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And when she's, like, walking down the building, oh, yeah, that yeah. was, like, sweet spot right there. I love the moment that the camera turns just as she's going out the window so that it stays kind of um, with her. It goes, like, a full perpendicular turn. There and then just tracks down with her. It's a great camera move, uh, which I thought was just again one of those memorable moments. Uh, and she really knows how to make an exit now. That's like three times that she's gone off the side of a building or out of a window now in the series where it's just burned in my brain as something really, really cool and badass. So as Yelena is running down the side of the building, Kate tries to alert Clint, Hey, Kate, you know, hey, Clint, and Clint is standing right by the window himself. Mm. He looks up and he can see someone running down the building. And yeah. he, you know, he's lucky that Kate kind of alerts him because he's able to sort of dodge as Yelena runs down and she does like a jump, kind of does Clint's little little move where she kind of drives backwards yeah. to shoot him. Um and I thought it was funny where Clint is like, Kate, was that you? Like yeah. he thinks it was Kate flying down the building. Um, he's not sure who it is. And and he he dodges Yelena, and then as yeah. as she's on the floor, it's Kate's turn to go, and yeah. uh, she's as she's getting ready to 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 um, propel down that same wire that that uh, Yelena did. She's got to prep herself, you know. It's uh, mm-hmm. supposed to be scary. It's supposed to be scary. Okay, which this is straight out of Home Alone too. Like this is like mm-hmm. Marv, you know, when they're when they're Sliding down the, the thing, zip line, the zip line, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, he's oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, okay, like prepping himself up. Uh, Daniel Stern and uh, and Pesci there. So Kate, she does it. She glides yeah. down the side of the building, and and Clint's like, Kate, what are you doing? And, yeah. uh, Another she, great moment I, I, again, like, and it's a different way that Yelena. Yelena goes down like a like a pro when she does this twist, and she's sliding back and firing shots as she's doing it. Uh, and then Kate is just so brand new at this that she's just kind of flailing all the way down and just barely makes it when she hits the hits the street uh, the pavement there. Yeah, it's it was a visceral moment. The way that they shot it and the the stunt of it was just phenomenal. Again, they're just really delivering on the action and the way that they've orchestrated all that. And, you know, Yelena, when she lands, she'll land in the pose, you know, her pose, right. her position. And when Kate does it, she she does land in the same pose, but it's not right. as clean. You know, she right. kind of like she kind of like trips into it and has to like like hold herself up in the pose. It's great. It's like she's she's learning, you know, it, she's mm-hmm. got to she's got to have a few of those uh, of those bad ones before before she'll get the great pose. And, and it's progress too. She's not there yet, but like no. it, it harkens back to the previous episode where Clint literally cuts her and she falls like super awkwardly and she smacks into the ground when she lands. This time she lands with a little bit of, she goes down very 
got yeah, almost gracelessly, but then she 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 fixes it on the on the landing a little bit, uh, and she so you're seeing progress for her character. You're seeing her grow into this superhero role. So once she lands on the 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 floor, she can see the tracksuits right away, yeah. and um, she alerts Clint. The tracksuits are here, and they run. Look, yeah. it's Kate Bishop, and <laughs> so the one guy. I, did we know his name? I don't know if he was named. Was it Tom? I, I don't know. He's easily re- recognizable though yes. from that early moment uh, yeah. earlier in the series. Uh, talking Tomas about his girlfriend. Is, I don't think it's Tomas. Yeah. Tomas is the bigger guy, and then Kazi is obviously the other one. So this this is the this tracksuit was the one who was asking Kate, you know, advice about what to do with his girlfriend, and and so yeah. he he's like fighting with her, and he says, hey, Kate Bishop, I know it's not the best moment right now, but I want to thank you, you know, for your advice on how I should speak to my girlfriend. And then Kate stops and yeah, like she's so genuine too. Did it work? <laughs> oh, she, oh, it worked, bro. We went to a Maroon Five instead. That's <laughs> sorry, Imagine Dragons. I know. Sorry, I don't mind spending every day. <laughs> she, um, she says that's great. So what's with the gun? He says, oh, I'm sorry, but I wanted to thank you. But and <laughs> you know, he's like trying to thank her while also kill her at the same time. Yeah. Just the. Like the awkwardness of this was was really great. It's very much like Yelena too, you know. Like, oh, hey, Kate, I love you, but I'm gonna kick your ass right now, you know. Like at the same right. time, right? Uh, just a, a really cool energy, like a funny energy. Um, mm-hmm. As uh, we get Jack to save the day, Jack comes out of nowhere, and he's he's wielding the sword, and he saves her, mm-hmm. and she goes, Jack, and he says, "Hello, sweetie." And uh, behind you, and Jack turns around, and he, you know, fights another one off. And she's, I'm so sorry, my mom got you put in jail. Are you okay? And Jack's like, never been better. He's just, man, he's loving it. Thrust, parry, yeah. thrust, parry. Yeah. Uh, you name. I mean, he's just fighting off these tracksuit guys with his sword. And I mean, he is having so much fun. On it, yeah. like on his face. Every time we check back in with him, in a few minutes we check in with him again with Kate when she's with the LARPers, and and then Missy's like, "What about that guy over there?" You know, and, yeah, yeah. And you just see Jack just doing his thing, like just going yeah. crazy. Um, this was Dude, does he kill of- a bunch of people? Like he's yeah, just slice, he's running them through. It seems, you know, he's just slicing <laughs> and dicing. I think I got a very like uh, there were probably three or four times in this episode where the the line from Anchorman. Of, of Will Ferrell talking about Brick. Brick, I yeah. think he killed the guy. Killed a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There were like three or four times when, when I was like, wow, those guys got shrunk. I think you killed oh, yeah. them. You know, I think they're, they're like, dead. I'm pretty yeah. sure they're dead. So, oh, yeah. Just that really funny energy with the, with the mm-hmm. track suits when they're around. Is uh, Jack fighting off a few of them. And he says, I'm afraid I lost track of your mother. As uh, we then check back in with. Kazi, he finds Clint, and they start to brawl. And Clint- oh, we should go back a little bit. Uh, okay, just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. to mention this, there was one moment, and I think um, there's probably no dialogue in this moment, but it was just uh, Clint's on one tower in a window, and he's looking for the sniper position, which is where Kazi is in the opposite tower from a window. And Kazi's, you know, looking for for Clint. Clint gets the drop on him, shoots an arrow that just. 
barely misses Kazi, but it, it, it uh, kind of disperses this purple gas, and then there's no more sniper uh, position. Kazi has to go down to the street to fight them uh, one and one So I, just, I thought, again, that was another really cool action moment. Uh, it showed just how good Clint is to, to like basically hit that shot from all the way across the way in a split second. Um, and there's a lot of really cool moments that happen with Clint um, where he's on the inside of a window in this series. Like I'm, I'm thinking about the Molotov cocktail from like episode one or two where he just catches it and yeah. throws it back to the street. Now there's this moment that's kind of, uh, uh, there's a, there's, there's a few really good ones uh, that just, just feature that for some reason. And, um, and that again, that's another standout moment that uh, I'm going to think about when I think back to the show. And I think for me, at least for some of the critiques we have about maybe, you know, Maya and some of the action stuff, I think mm-hmm. like Clint and and, it's, yeah. and when you see um 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 Kate in towards the end when they're standing next mm-hmm. to each other and they're just shooting like they're for the they one. look yeah. incredible as just the way they shoot. I mean, you could tell yeah. she must have taken a lot of lessons and she's got everything like fundamental, the elbow up, like everything mm-hmm. is so perfect the way they the way they do it and they look like legit like when Clint the for me, it's like a pace thing. How quickly mm-hmm. they grab the arrows and load and grab and load. Right. It's like, wow, that's that's a compressive. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really well done. And that's just a another major uh, major positive to both of the actors because they they mm-hmm. really, really play their roles great. As uh yeah, now now Kazi found Clint and they're they're brawling here as uh mm-hmm. Kazi says, You started all this, now I have to finish it. But Clint, he's obviously been trained by Brock Lesnar because we get a suplex. Yes. <laughs> there are a couple of like legitimate wrestling moves in this uh, in too. Like last episode. I mean, he just lays him out. Suplex yeah. City here. And then, yeah. It's like some judo shit. He just dumps him on his head. And it, that, that is a rough suplex. I'm glad you mentioned that because, again, another standout moment. I, you don't see a lot of that in action movies and TV uh, a, a KO, a slam KO. It's something that's happened in the UFC multiple times. People have won championships like that. One of my favorite fighters, Rose Namajunas, uh, uh, the, she's the strawweight champion right now. Um, she, uh, she, she was knocked out at one point before she got her title back, just, just through a, a slam. You know, when you get dumped on your head, a lot of times that's lights out. And if you're, you know, on a hard surface like that, that is no joke. So it was really cool, visceral moment. And, unique action and that's something that's kind of demanded of action you obviously there's only so many moves you can do but you want to see a new combination you want to see something that you haven't quite seen before that's also plausible and this really sold that uh and and again just really good fight choreography in this that's that uh it's it's better than a tv show should be or has been in the past so (laughs) clint uh, uh after he kicks Kazi's ass there he's mm-hmm. just, oh, this is some christmas or he says you're right Kazi. <laughs> that was fun and then <laughs> he kind of looks and there's a bunch of the track suits like bearing mm-hmm. down on him again and he's kind of cornered mm-hmm. he doesn't really have anywhere to go so he's got to jump out the window onto that wire um yep. that the girls slid down but as he jumps on die it, hard moment total the, the visuals hard. here very die hard the way he jumps and, and when he um he he's trying to you know hang on the wire. It falls mm-hmm. 
And Clint ends up right in the middle of the big Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center, like yep. right smack in the middle. He's face to face with an owl, which is kind of an inside yeah. joke because I think last year there was an owl living in the tree. That that I think was Rocky, like a, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Rocky the owl. That's yeah. what it was. And there was it was like yeah. people love crap like that. You know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. something that like people if you find out there's like an owl in this tree, and then it becomes like mm-hmm. a like a cult story and so it is funny that they just referenced that because i'm sure a lot of people probably wouldn't even have known but it's something that's cool like i love i love every little easter egg that they toss yeah. in as uh, you know kate's looking around for clint where are you and he says i'm right here she says where is here <laughs> I, I, <laughs> clint plays this really well because he's he's embarrassed he's stuck in the tree <laughs> Yeah. Like there's there's yeah, this yeah. battle going on He's supposed to be her mentor <laughs> He's supposed to be the one taking care yeah. of her And he literally is stuck In a freaking tree Like yeah. like face to face with this owl <laughs> Again though Great use of the setting And the theme I mean what's more iconic uh, Christmas in New York than The Rockefeller Center And that the Christmas tree there uh, it's in the, you know, the ice rink. Everything about this is just so, so iconic. Uh, and it, it's just great attention to detail. The owl being another element of that and just drawing from from reality there. It, it, it's great. My wife also really loves owls just randomly. And that was just a, a, a standout moment from for her in, in, the, in the episode. And also, it wasn't just like the owl was there. That owl comes back later on. So yes. we're going to get to see a little bit more payoff with that. So. I just I love the use of the setting here, the, the tree. Uh, it's beautiful. I love what Kate does here. It's a nice callback, I think, to her introduction, her taking out that bell tower. Uh, the, the series is, in a way, exactly. bookended with her collapsing perfect. these giant structures. So it was very perfect. cool stuff. It was the exact mm-hmm. opening scene where, you know, you're seeing her do the same thing where she goes, I got it, yeah. I got it, right? And Clint, Clint's like, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just, she says, what are you doing there up there? I'm just hanging mm-hmm. out. What do you think? You know? And yeah. she, she goes and gets her gear and, um, she tells the LARPers grills. Yeah. I'm going to go get Clint out of that tree. And, and have you found my mom? They can't find Eleanor. But, uh, but Missy, uh, says, Hey, what about that guy over there? And then that's where you see Jack just, whoosh, 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 yeah. Jack just doing his thing. He's just taking people out. And, uh, Kate says, you know, he's on our side, but we should get him out, too. It was it was really yeah. funny because um, like Missy, M- Missy is so impressed by Jack, you know, like right. as a, she loves his form. She's got plenty to, as a LARPer. There's plenty that Jack can mm-hmm. teach her, you know, she right. Right. It's you could tell she's like watching him with like almost envy. Like, oh, wow. Look at look at what that is guy. She, can is, do. She, is she the one that grabs the bat later? Am I getting um, that right? Yes. Or is that a yes. different larper? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely. No, 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 see no, no. That. Okay, I'm sorry. No, Missy doesn't grab the bat, but Missy is the one at the very end who kind of tells Jack, "Hey, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm ahead of, I'm the head of this ah, of larping. Yes. You know, she's the one that, okay, you know, got it, got that it. tries to introduce him. The girl that hits him with the bat, uh, that hits with the bat, is the one that is um, checking in Clint in the in right, the episode right. earlier on. So I think we see four of them. I think there are two girls, mm-hmm. grills, and then the bigger guy who's yeah. like dressed yeah. in security i think there were four that we see kind of helping out with a lot of the stuff or that are like named and how yeah. yeah you're right so <laughs> it was um uh, really really funny stuff as jack <laughs> just him it, it was like one of those things where like 
there's all these things going on and Jack's not really part of any of the story, but we check in with him and every time you do, he's just like glowing off the screen, you know, like yeah. he's smiling and you just like, you can't help but look back at him like, ah, and get like a little, you feel a little warm. Like he's just, yeah, this is like his moment, you know, like we said, this is the guy or the gal who have been waiting their whole life for the opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to show someone how good at basketball they are and boom, now they can go right. with, with, uh, with, you know, LeBron or whatever it is. It's just, is like great, great stuff as the, I think this is where you might've thought they might've been maybe jumping the shark a little bit with the LARPers where they, oh, they yeah. wanted to go oh, full yeah. Avengers here. They said, um, these people are terrible at following directions guys. Right. I think it's time we're trained professionals, but that's not enough. Now let's go. You know, <laughs> this was colossally stupid. Let me just say, um, I get it. That it, it was a joke, but, uh, we lose a lot of, I guess, credibility for the, the, the storytelling here well, and, and the, the reality, I think, because how much time does it take to switch these costumes and how would that be, like a priority in that moment. I know. Just and like we're saying, we actually, it totally fits fine that they're helping get the people to safety. Right. Because, but mm-hmm. now when they want to go, uh, like, put on the costumes, you know, and this kind of thing, it's just like you say, it's a little roll your eyes, cringy almost. Like, uh, they huge were fine. Yeah, they were fine. Huge they were. Um, mm-hmm. If they wanted to have, like, at the end, a post credit scene, Totally fine with that, right? Where it's like you've got them, like I mean, something with like some of them at freaking Clint's, you know, and like Clint and his family are LARPing with them all together. And yeah. I don't know, it, something like that after the battle, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Totally. I fine think if it was it. if it was staged a little differently, I might have even been fine with it. Like if it was before the, the idea battle, that they were they're stopping like, in the middle of all this crap going on to go change right. feels so weird. Uh there's two things that I think kind of ruined it for me i mean obviously the just the them prioritizing that in that moment is ridiculous so that that's really stupid but uh, i think like maybe if they had shown um the costumes under their stuff like clint had and that like that in that moment that, that he just kind of like un- rip it maybe off. grills unbuttons the, the yeah rips off his shirt that might have been really funny if he just rips open his shirt and, and he's you like get struggling that moment to rip instead. it off you know, like you can't yeah, get it that, off. That would have that would have played better. And then also the thing that kind of bothered me was that they were just doing their classic LARP costumes. Uh, so they had this medieval kind of vibe, which I guess makes sense again with the it's arrows and swords everyone's fighting with. But it also seemed like they had to really change a lot. Like they were in these full on uniforms and then they had to change into this like medieval thing. I can't imagine that took less than 10 minutes to do. <laughs> And it, it just, to me, didn't ring true. I think it would have been kind of cool maybe if they were all cut from the same sort of cloth. Like maybe under their suits, they had similar Hawkeye uh, get-ups. Uh, so they seemed like they were on the same team. Right. I, I don't know. It just, something about it, everything about it just felt false, phony, silly, and took me out of it. Uh, it made it harder for me to suspend my disbelief for some of the other stuff that was happening too. So it just... To me, I I wish they I kind of wish they never went into the whole LARPing thing. I feel like I've seen that in shows and movies before. Like I mentioned, role models they did that pretty heavily. I think they did a whole movie about that too. Uh, you know, five or six years ago, uh, 
it it just didn't do anything for me. I I, I don't know any LARPers either. Or, or, that, is that say, still a popular I, thing? I, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I don't know. I was gonna say, and I mean, we would be the type of people that you would think would be sort right. of in. You know what I mean? So I don't Maybe, know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know anyone that has. I I gotta be honest. I can't even recall seeing one of these things. Like right. I don't know I, if I've, I've been seen to, it like, in TV park and like been there, like oh look there's <laughs> right. people out there larping at this park you know I would <laughs> if I, I would did think see it, it was so silly I, I, I don't know I just, been, like just... I would have like really um, uh, I'd rather just watch the movie I don't know yeah you're right I yeah. mean we're we're on the, you me same page on this one um, <laughs> for sure as we see Maya getting packed and she's getting ready to leave and then more trust uh, bro tracksuits uh, come rolling in. And yeah. more is an uh, is like hundreds. an understatement. I would it's say. Like, <laughs> yeah. the band like, how many of these guys are there? <laughs> we're talking about like the stormtroopers here. You know what I mean? Like they right. do have a very stormtrooper vibe to them because it's just like one shot in their down done kind of thing. You know, they're not like yeah. smart criminals or anything. But um, it's just they must have been having like the end of the year Christmas party or something for the for their tracksuits. Uh, you know, across town somewhere, they everyone's together, all right, over, all right. hands on deck. Like what the yeah. hell? How many guys? Seriously, um, so the the trust of bros see Kate. This this scene they take from Home Alone two and from Big, mm-hmm. where Kate yes. throws a tricycle through the window of the FAO Shorts toy store. Yep, uh, just like Back in Home, Home Alone, Alone. 2, where he throws yep. the the money through the window, and then she's jumping on the piano keys. Uh, yeah. Just like it's big. I think it's. I think that's a great thing that <laughs> I love it. That you you mentioned that it's great because uh, they were also referring to Kingpin thus far as the big guy. So the big showdown with the big guy happening in the same place where they made that big movie uh, is perfect. And then they made sure even in the shots to include the. Uh, the piano that she steps on, and even in the background, you see that the the imagery of the the, the piano there, that iconic big uh, piano. So it was just really really cool. It's also I think thematically kind of fits in there. You've got um, you know you've got Haley Steinfeld, who's this essentially a kid. I mean, she, I know she's grown up, but she's the kid who's kind of playing in the adult world uh, in this story. She's she's LARPing in a sense as a superhero, uh, as Hawkeye. And uh, this is this is sort of her, you know, coming to fruition, you know, f- fully being fully fledged. You know, a, a showdown with <laughs> with the big guy with Kingpin is something that's going to, I think, cement her as as a superhero, as somebody who's respected as that. Because she's, you know, been through that trial by fire with somebody who's seriously threatening and formidable in this universe. So Clint, who's still stuck up in the tree, he's looking around and he notices yeah. that the. Their backup is gone. He says, you know, Kate, where's our backup? Cue the LARPers as uh, <laughs> they all come out in their costumes. I did think Clint's response was just kind of funny. Like, yes, we're all, we're it all was. Die. You know, that was a, yeah. of the part where he saw them coming out and just like, yeah. <laughs> we're all going to die. You know, he just like laughed it. And it um, needed that line. It really yeah, it, needed it. If it, without it that line, the scene does not work. So they they're dressed up in their gear. They start kind of working overtime to make sure they're getting people all away. Uh, Grills picks up Armand, who's screaming, yeah. "Put me down!" and says, "I'm <laughs> trying to save your life, you brat. Do you know who I am?" And he's <laughs> screaming at him. Um, Kate then 
this is when she uh, she does that awesome shot to knock the tree over, just like we saw in yeah. the opening scene. So she knocks the tree over. She tells Clint, I need you to hang on tight. And he's like, wait, what are you doing? Don't do it. Don't do yeah. it, Kate. And she's like, you want me to say on my signal? He's like, no, no, don't do it. I'm going to get out of here on my own. And she, <laughs> she goes, okay, I won't say it then. And he, he tells her, repeat after me. I'm not going to do anything incredibly stupid. <laughs> and she shoots an arrow into the tree stump. And yeah. I think it's like a, like a, like, flame, acid. like an acid arrow. Cause it sort of yeah. like burns right through the tree stump. It splits it in two and the huge Rockefeller Christmas tree falls over right onto the ice rink with Clint. He's yeah. right in the middle of it. And I love how, when she shoots it, she goes, Timber! Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just great. Like she knows exactly what she's doing. And uh Clint I it, he didn't get hurt or anything. It was just great seeing his fall in the tree, like yeah. fall over. And as he's on the ice rink, here come a bunch more tracksuits. Yeah. As the I thought, you know, the stuff in the ice rink was really cool. A lot of it the was. a lot of the battling in here. And even like how Kate enters, she comes in like sliding on her knees and yeah. just plucks off a couple. Like she shoots the, I think the smoke in one of them to go off. And she's like, just, she's so confident and she's so sure of herself here, yeah. like coming to the aid of Clint. I thought that like the way she just kind of glides in was really cool. It, it was so cool. It, everything was just kind of coming together in this moment. Um, and I almost wish that I didn't get any glimpse of it in, uh, in earlier advertisements for the show. I, I know this was kind of um, at the forefront of a lot of the imagery on the show, seeing them side by side on this ice rink. So we kind of were anticipating it the whole time. I wish I could have gone in blind for it because they really did pay it off. It was a lot of fun with them just unloading, you know, trick arrow after trick arrow and using it to kind of um, – as an opportunity to showcase what those arrows do and have a lot of fun with that. Uh, a lot of carnage, you know, they, like we mentioned, they, they just piled on the tracksuit guys in this uh, sequence and uh, their cuts kind of both ways, because on one hand you see two guys ripping through hundreds of guys. You almost feel like these guys are expendable. They're not a threat at all. That was something that, you know, was a little bit of a concern of mine earlier on in the series. I had hoped that one of them would, you know, land a shot. One of them would take somebody out. One of them would, you know, hurt one of these LARPers, uh, Grills, right there. He's a character in the comics who is known for, you know, dying. I believe Kazi's the one who kills him. So there there seems like there was stuff to be done that they kind of left on the table. But what they did show was just a whole lot of fun. Um, the choreography, the blocking was excellent. Um, and the camera work, also really great. There's this great wraparound shot. Uh, that reminds me a little bit of uh, that Avengers Assemble shot from the Battle of New York, that iconic one. It's a it's a twist on that. It's a little different, but it's got this slow-mo element to it. I think you alluded to it earlier, but they're showing the action. They're taking out these guys left and right. Clint's mm -hmm. swinging back-to-back like back when they're fighting. Yeah. And yeah, they go back-to-back, back and they actually, they're almost like perpendicular with each other, so they create yeah. like an arrowhead almost in the way that they're, they're, yes. they're facing. It's beautiful the way that they constructed that shot. Uh, and I just thought, again, that was really great direction for the series, which had a lot of really strong direction that we've noted, you know, thus far. Uh, so again, kudos to them. They, they really crushed the action, um, the choreography, 
a lot of the cinematography uh, was really, really good here. I love the imagery of the Christmas lights, these bouquet Christmas lights in the background, um, these out of focus lights that uh, uh, I'll credit to new rock stars on, on this one. Uh, later in the sequence, when we see Elena, very reminiscent of like infinity stones, like just, you know, an infinite amount of infinity stones behind her. And that kind of ties in thematically with, you know, where it's going. So, but at this point with just the, the, the action and the tracksuit guys, it's really paying off again, though. I just wish there was just a little bit more stakes injected into it because them just tearing through guys is a little bit one note, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Is uh Clint says you know, we're too exposed. Um, Let's uh, he says we're too exposed. Let's go. He shoots an electro arrow that's sort of like magnetic, yeah. and so all these guys cool. can't use their guns, which was yeah, uh, very very cool visual. And then Clint takes off his shirt and he's got the Hawkeye costume under. Kate is yeah. so pumped. Oh my god, you wore it! Yeah, he's like yeah yeah. And she goes, oh my god, it looks so good. I told you. And he, he's like yeah yeah. Listen to me, we got this get part. This- I'm sorry to interrupt again. I know I just talked a bunch, but this part felt a little contrived to me too. I, I was I was okay with it because I, I felt like there was a glimmer of logic to there. Maybe he just wanted to be able to move around easier. He's in full fight mode now. There's no need to, you know, be in disguise. So he's just shedding off that extra clothes so he can be a more efficient fighter. But it also to me felt a little bit like Ah, we couldn't think of a good reason for him to, you know, take off his his mm-hmm. costume like like they did earlier with Kate. With uh, that was a Kate. really fun. That was a fun moment and a fun reveal. This felt like, well, we did it with Kate. Now we need him in his costume. Let's just take a mo- an awkward moment for him to take it off. I, I I don't know that they could have found a better way to do it necessarily, but it's something about it seems a little bit off. Minor minor quibble here though. Little forced. Yeah. 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 I agree. It was like we we want them to have this moment, so we'll just have yeah. it. You know, instead of having a reason to have it, um, mm-hmm. but Clint says, "Look, there's only uh, there's about a thousand of them and two of us." Right. He says, "Here, take these," and he hands oh, her yeah. some arrows, and the ones that he hands her say, "Too dangerous, icebreaker, <laughs> and Sonic." And oh, she, yeah. the last two, a couple, the couple of her responses when she sees that he's wearing the the costume, and then when he gives her the arrows. She yeah. is like, no way. Is it time? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, it's time. All right, Kate, let's give him hell. You know, he gives him, a little, <laughs> gives him his, yeah. gives her his line, and she's just like everything that she would ever want right here. Um, one of the arrows is a flash strobe. One of them sends off these like metal shards all over. One completely freezes a guy's leg. Um, yeah, that's rough. There's a sonic boom, and mm-hmm. then one of the arrows is the Pimtech arrow. That mm-hmm. sh- this van of the Trusta Bros is driving right out them. She shoots the arrow, and it shrinks the the van. Yeah. They shrink down. It's the Pimtech. Um, yeah, a great I, inversion of that se- sequence earlier they in the series, up. which was so great. Uh, and and it was a great moment too because that van was coming down on them if it didn't happen. They were about to be crushed. Uh, so they really set up that moment really nicely uh, and then, you know, showed us something that we've seen before, but with a twist, which, you know, always, always nice. And Kate is so fat. I kept writing, like, look at the how quick she is, like her pace. She's just mm-hmm. boom, boom. She's constantly like sometimes when you see fight scenes in movies, 
they seem mm-hmm. like a fight scene in a movie. You know, right. they're choreographed that way to where they don't seem there's just a little bit of of reality that's missing. Like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. in a fight, you're not going to just stop and pose here and there or this or that. You know, right. when she's when she is going at it with these tracksuit guys, like how quickly she's boom arrow, boom arrow, move arrow, slide mm-hmm. arrow, boom. She's like, just I I loved it. It just it came off very very real. And uh, and then she looks at Scott, or she looks at a uh, Clint after they they've shrunken the the trust of bro. She yeah. says, "What what happens to them now?" And Clint <laughs> just goes, "I don't know. I'll have to ask Scott about that one." And our good friend the owl starts yeah. hooting, hoo hoo, and the owl comes up and just snatches the trust of bro van and flies mm-hmm. off with the guys. In if you have. Um, like when I, after I watch it, uh, I'll print out the script. So when we go mm-hmm. back, I have the wording. Yeah. So if you're, and if you're, if you turn the captions on, you can see that it says <laughs> children shouting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You hear them like, ah, no, no. You know, like the little like high pitched screams, like squeals as the, the yeah. owl flies that away. That would have been a pretty cool post credit scene. Like, right. The owl with the van, you know, just, yeah. you know, like at all these I'm guys, like, you know, or like the owl putting them <laughs> in like the a nest or something and them trying to yeah. get out of it for like a second. Um, But this was uh, terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Terrifying to think about. Um, yeah, you can so. trust that those bros were owl food, I would say. Um, that's not a good way to go out. No, not a good way at all. And and uh, they didn't show any um, explicit deaths or anything. I didn't really see any blood at all, I think, in this. But some of those trick arrows, I think, would have messed up these guys pretty oh, yeah. well for life. Uh, I'm pretty sure not all of them survived. And I guess that's kind of uh, in keeping with what we saw earlier. I mean, we saw these guys like set on fire in earlier episodes. We saw that giant Pym arrow come down and basically, you know, blow up a, a, a car. Uh, I'm assuming a few of these guys have uh, not survived already. And uh, I'm curious, you know, what exactly is Hawkeye's body count in this series? Uh, right. Has, What's has that Kate, ledger? Or, uh, There's a lot more red Kate, on there. Right. Does Kate have some red on her ledger too? I mean, how many, how many dudes did she like maim or, or, or kill in this um, uh, what, what ended up happening to that uh, the nice guy with with, with the gun and the girlfriend right? in room five? Uh, did yeah. he survive? I, I don't want it. I don't want him to die. But you know, then again, he's uh, he's playing stupid games. He's gonna win a stupid prize. That's that's that is spot on. As uh, <laughs> love that line. Love that line. Um, so Grills lets Kate know. Hey, we just saw your mom. She came out the side door. Kate goes to find her, and uh, we're we're just gonna flashing back and forth through all the action. Clint actually shoots an arrow at Kazi, who catches the arrow. Very like, cool. Um, Very much like Loki in in Avengers, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Which you you're, yeah. you know, they don't. And he gets his ass kicked a a, a bit, but I've read a few different places mm-hmm. that think that Kazi might have some sort of a enhanced skills or abilities too. But I don't know. Right. I mean, he got he got his ass kicked a lot a lot for someone who did. Yeah. But no, you so did John Walker, I guess, here and there. Um. Cool moment here too. The way that Hawkeye fires that arrow, 
It's a callback to earlier in the series when he talks about splitting an arrow. It has to be wood. He fires off one arrow. That's a wooden one. And he fires off another arrow, splits it right down the middle, which causes the arrows to split and basically be three arrows that, are, that go. The two, the, the one arrow that split into two takes out the two guys on the on the, uh, the either side of Kazi. And then Kazi just catches the main arrow right before it basically plunges through his own heart. So very cool. Another really cool badass moment that's just going to stand out i mean well, i've i've said that about moments in this particular episode more times than i did for entire series of marvel uh you know programs that we've discussed already uh more so than than uh falcon and winter soldier by a mile and uh this this show just keeps delivering on those moments and i think that that's what's really gonna keep uh keep rewatchability for this uh, so strong, it's going to keep this show, you know, in the, uh, you know, on our agendas moving mm-hmm. forward. Like I said earlier, it's going to be a perennial thing to kind of revisit this because there's just so much to chew on and the, the fun stuff, you know, we love to rewatch a good action sequence. So, oh, there's one little moment too, where uh, Clint just does like a no look shot. There's someone yes. behind him who's starting to get up and like, he just like, doesn't even look and over the shoulder, he just blasts this guy and Kate is just amazed. Like, whoa, whoa, how did you even know that he was there? Kind of a, a look as um, we, yeah, we see Kazi and Clint, little little interaction after Kazi catches that uh, arrow. And then we um, we see Kazi and Maya as, I actually yeah. thought it was really funny as uh, Kazi catches the arrow. He goes, nice shot. And Clint <laughs> yells, yeah, no shit. <laughs> it was just That's really- great. It made me laugh like, oh, God, it was just, you know, one of the Clint's humor never yeah. feels forced because right. he's not like, you know, he he play, he's such a straight guy that he plays mm-hmm. it so straight that whenever he has lines, if they they kind of come out of nowhere or they they are very good, like they're usually really funny. It very rarely feels like he's doing something to be cute. You know, right. He's, uh, he's not Chandler Bing. He's not no. like he doesn't have jokes per se. No, he, the things that he says are funny because they're just reflective of his personality and like mm-hmm. something that someone would say in the in the moment. They're like, no shit is is not like a clever quip or anything. No. It's just like it is what it is. And it's like, yeah, Hawkeye knows he's a badass uh, archer. Uh, that's that's old news for him. Yeah. So for him to get even a little love from from the guy he's fighting with, he's like, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> that's that's a great thing to say because it just no it, it's fitting. It befits the character. And that's what that's what's great about it. So Kazi um, tells Maya, you should have left Maya and never come back. Maya rolls up on the motorcycle. And as that happens, Yelena tackles Clint from behind. So it looked like Kazi and Clint were about to face mm. off, but then they both have uh, other opponents that they're dealing with. Maya yes. ro- rolls up with Kazi. Yelena uh, rolls over on Clint. And Maya takes out a few of the tracksuits with her bike, and she comes face to face with Kazi, who says, you know what I have to do. And Maya and Kazi fight a little bit. We see her prosthetic leg. She gains a, a small advantage. But again, it's just short. It feels like it was cut. It feels like there was yeah. a lot that might have been it. More that would have that was filmed that was edited out. We vi- we saw mm-hmm. very, very brief little back and forth with them. And before we mm-hmm. cut to Yelena and Clint. And, oh, I should we should point out too, uh all of that that sequence uh with with uh Kazi. And and Echo 
is is like 80 yard like all of Kazi's lines are 80 yard and shown off screen you 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 only see him say a certain amount of the lines, so that's just further and evidence right hear, there that you can hear. You can hear the difference. It's you can noticeable that, yeah. that he's doing you voiceover. Can, like, yep. it's way it really noticeable. is. So that's either rushed or reshot. They wanted to retool it in some way. Uh, one one thing I noticed was like the live stuff where they were shooting. You know, it was definitely the original shots. He seemed more like emotional and out of breath. Uh, the ADR stuff was all more cleanly delivered. I almost wondered, was like, where, did they do it because they wanted him to do it different takes? Because, you know, I'll jump ahead a little bit. As he's dying later, he says a line and it's like completely clear. And you would imagine that he's going to be like gur- more gurgled or something with that or strained. Uh, and it just seems off from the actual physicality and in, in the uh, the emotions of of the scene there. And it and it feels also inconsequential largely even though they they you know ultimately like i said seem to show kazi die here and and uh maya kills him it, it just feels like an empty scene it feels anticlimactic for some reason totally agree totally mm. agree it was there was it, it was missing there was some stuff missing here yeah as, uh, yelena and clint now have their interaction that we've been waiting for so yeah. she she asked Clint, before I kill you, I need to ask you one question. And he says, it's nice to finally meet you, Yelena. She wants to know what happened. Says, look, Yelena, if I told you what happened, you'd never believe me. But what you need to I know. I like that moment. Right? That's it's a good true. moment. And it's, yeah. that's, that's something yeah. I would say. I would say that to somebody. That, like, I knew was my enemy or, like, it's someone I so knew that wasn't going to believe there. me. I'd be like, hey, look, yeah. you're not going to believe me, but here's what happened. Right? Like, mm-hmm. that just, that's the way. It's just a normal again. It's a one little line. So that I love. Mm-hmm. We will always um, critique because at the very mm-hmm. same time we're gonna do what we did just right there. Like it's one line that we want to give credit right. for, you know. And I'm always gonna mm-hmm. do that. You do that a lot with like one little scene, one little way something is shot. But because we notice those things and we want to praise them, there are also a lot of little things that we notice that are like, ah, you know what? Yeah. That could have been done better. And at, you know mm-hmm. what, we know the kind of attention to detail that you guys and gals all put into everything. That was yeah. one that you, you didn't do quite as much, you know. So always yeah. fair critiques because I think we give a very fair praise for even like a lot of little tiny small things. Um, yeah. And he, he said, you, what you need to know is your sister sacrificed herself and she saved the world. I'm sorry. Elena, you're lying. <laughs> you're lying. What? <laughs> and he says, she says, you're so pathetic. You're pathetic. And she kicks him. Yeah. Um, so we are going to flash back and forth for a, a couple times between Elena and Clint. And then back to Maya and Kazi. Maya, who mm-hmm. signs to Kazi. I don't want to kill you. I want to leave this all behind together. And he says, don't you understand? This is my life, Maya, my life. It was never supposed to be yours. Don't make me do this to, don't make me do this, Maya. Now, see that, there is absolutely a Mm -hmm. couple scenes missing that were cut out. Because right there, it's like, we didn't see this progress to get to this point. We didn't see, Mm -hmm. there, there there should have been a scene with Maya gaining the favor of Kingpin that made Kazi jealous, right? right? Like, we need, that scene we needed to see. We didn't see any of that. Like we, we are kind of jumping to conclusions with the roles, but like a few episodes ago, we didn't even have any reason to believe that Kazi would turn on Maya. Why? 
Mm-hmm. Like, why does he? Why would he not want to be take Maya? As, like, I, it seemed like they were close. We never saw that Maya did anything to him or got something that was promised to Kazi. We, we, that, I don't know. I just feel like there were a couple scenes that might have that were missing, and maybe if those scenes are in there, maybe we feel better about. Not not a hundred percent right because we're still going to critique and nitpick some of the things that we may have thought in the performances, but maybe sure. we feel more connected to this whole story. Yeah, it, it it just felt like something was missing, like you said, uh, and then that led to a feeling like that this scene was just sort of happening out of nowhere, and that a lot of what we're kind of finding out through the course of the scene feels like exposition just being dropped through through dialogue. That that feels kind of lazy. I'm inferring that um, that I guess Kazi was initially the one that got Maya or Echo into the tracksuit mafia. Obviously, she had the connection via her dad, but was probably living a separate life up to a certain point. But none of that groundwork had been laid uh, for us. It's all just kind of being discussed retroactively here in this scene, which makes it feel hollow. It makes it feel unearned and kind of inconsequential. Um, and then ultimately that's compounded by the fact that we don't really see Kazi die. So really the only big thing that happens is, is Kazi dying. And that's something that's not necessarily even true. So it again, just feels inconsequential. It feels kind of meaningless, kind of empty. Yeah, I'm with you. I just, I wanted more Mm. from, from this. I just, I just wanted a little bit more. So um, we haven't seen her for a while, but we do see Eleanor. She's getting into yeah. a car, but as she gets into the car, she tries to tell the driver, Hey, we got to go find Kate, I think. And she realizes the driver's dead. He's just yeah. sitting there, he's been killed. And then Kingpin just rips the car door right yeah. off the car, which is awesome. Such a so great, great scene. Um, it's another clue, uh, to us that this guy is. Larger than life, a different version than we got to know in Netflix. There's some super been, I power that he has. Daredevil, mm-hmm. um, like earlier this week, um, and yeah. because it's busy, I, I've probably only gotten through about four, five or six of the first season's episodes so far. Kind of when I'm yeah. background, but there is that awesome scene where he with the car door with the car door where he uses the <laughs> yeah. car door to just brutally kill that person. Yeah. And so the, the yeah. inverse of it, the ripping off the car door, I thought was kind it's of a, a great, yeah, yeah. A, such a, a really great nod there. Again, again, it's that thing where they're taking the theme uh, or, or an actual plot point, something specific that we've seen that's familiar, that fits with the character or the characters that we're seeing. And then they're, they're flipping it. They're twisting it. They're giving it to us in a way that's, uh, that's natural. That's, you know, informs the greater, um, you know, dynamics of the characters in the world. Uh, but uh, it's it's something that's also new. It's it's the best of both worlds. And that's what comics and comic adaptations always try to do. It's what the MCU has done so well is putting their own spin on the familiar, keeping us surprised while, uh, you know, playing with, you know, nostalgia, playing with our expectations. And uh, th- that's one of the strengths of this, you know, shared universe these large, long format stories is that they can do that kind of thing. So Kingpin says, don't leave, Eleanor. Come here. Let's talk. And Kate pops out of nowhere. Get away from my mom. And she's got her bow and arrow. Yeah. And he looks at her and is like, what are you going to do with that? And she shoots an arrow. 
and he she hits him right in the chest, and he just walks. He walks right yeah. through it, and he pulls it out of his chest. I don't know if uh, I'm sure you've seen the movie, but I don't know if you remember the scene because this movie is it's one of those that's like bad, but it I love it. I'll watch it a million times. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Con Air. Um, there's oh, a scene yeah. where Nicholas Cage walks right through this bullet that's like shot at him, and it's just exactly <laughs> like that, you know. And he just keeps walking right through. It's so funny. Put the bunny back in the box. Uh, really good stuff <laughs> in uh, Con Air. But anytime I notice things, I love it because they're so good. Like Feige and the producers and the directors and the writers mm-hmm. of all the Marvel stuff, they don't try to hide any of their um, influences, anything that right. they're trying to kind of um, give a nod to. They love it. They'll they'll say all the time, oh, yeah, we. Oh, we were watching all the Home Alones to try to prepare for this. We were watching things, uh, different yeah. movies from New York. We were watching different stuff. They'll always reference, I mean, throughout Loki, how much of that yeah. was like pl- giving nods to c- different famous things or incidents throughout history. So you can, yeah. I just, I love the fact that they're not, nowadays it's like, hey, we don't have to be, it, it's not like a a lazy or a, um, we don't have to be ashamed that we're trying to, to, you know, take from another. It's that's the, that's mm-hmm. what inspired us. You know, it's oh, it's actually sure. a form of flattery. Um, I think more than Definitely. anything. So, um, and they're 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 drawing from the source material in in really smart ways. I think, uh, they're using what works. Uh, and they're they're you know leaving on the table stuff that maybe doesn't fit. Uh, a great example of something very specific here with Kingpin. Uh, the look, his look in this episode is literally like ripped from uh the pages of a spider-man comic um and that with the uh, you know the floral hawaiian shirt print uh there's a it must have came out in the last 10 years i'm not sure exactly the run but you can look this up it's exactly the same look uh and that's befitting i think of this version of kingpin it's a little bit more colorful than what we saw in uh the netflix version which had much more muted colors this is a bright white shirt you know red hawaiian there it's just a different feel and it uh it clues us in on the fact that this is a different kingpin it's a little more colorful uh comic book accurate kingpin maybe um and yeah again just very strong stuff with the with with the details here Uh, i kind of mentioned it earlier but like the showdown that we're going to get to shortly with him and maya is pulled directly from a daredevil comic with just a few details twisted uh, and so th- they're they're at almost every turn drawing from you know the, the comics uh, as as a source material. I mean, namely this was the um, the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run uh, that, that that happened uh, you know within the last ten years as well. That was very well received, uh, and they stayed very accurate to that. Even the the look of um, Hawkeye's uh, costume that they kind of reveal in this is very much taken from the, the, that comics run. So Kingpin and uh, Kate now are are at are battling as uh, Eleanor kind of out of nowhere. We just see Kingpin get nailed with a car and it sends yeah. him into the store, flying into the store. And then we cut. We cut back to Kazi yeah. and to Maya. And Maya says to him, it's if it uh, it's not too late. If you're brave enough to cho- uh, to choose it, we can walk it together. And Kazi says, no, um, I can't walk in both worlds. And as nice callback, that's a great callback to the, what, uh, Maya's father says to her, uh, early on in the series and that flashback, 
Yeah. Very much. Right uh, I love that moment there. Um, there. There's some good stuff here. Uh, but again, it's intercut with just stuff that doesn't feel quite right. But that that you got to give credit to. She stabs Causey, who looks to be dying. And she kind of leaves him there on the floor as he tells Maya to leave. He says, leave Maya. He's coming for you. And um, we then yeah. cut back. So we have uh, multiple things happening here. You know, we had Maya and Kazi. Then uh, in the other scene, we've got Kingpin, Kate, and Eleanor who just hit him with the car. And then flash to the other scene, we've got Clint and Yelena still going at it. So we're kind of going back mm-hmm. and forth between these, you know, these three scenes and these little little square offs. As Kate is now in the toy store And she sees mm-hmm. Kingpin And she says hey, Where are you going big guy And uh, <laughs> you know, he says You're in over her head And he looks at, at This is the point where he looks like he's got some super soldier in him Because man mm-hmm. He is just flinging her around the store He just is yeah. Tossing her like in her um, like, All of her attempts are just Feeble at, at doing anything to him They're not like nothing's really yeah. Connecting all that much um, He's already been hit by a car He's already. And he I think he got shot in the air his chest Yeah you know so I mean He's not even uh, tired He's not he's not worn down a little bit from this So this is like a very Very strong powerful uh, Being in this in this world uh, You keep, you said super serum Multiple times I think that makes the most Sense I don't know what else Fits. I mean, maybe it's a backdoor way to do mutants, and he's got some kind of a mutant uh, gene in him. Uh, but um, I, I, I would say it's probably more likely what you said, though. Something with the super serum. We've seen it already. Uh, it's stuff that's been uh, out on the black market and mm-hmm. misused. We know that there's been competing interests trying to make super soldiers. So it stands to reason that a guy uh, who, like, one of these. A, a kingpin, you know, someone at the top would want to not have not just power, but, you know, everlasting life and, you know, not just political and social power, but actual physical power. So we now check back in with uh, Clint and Yelena as Clint tells Yelena, nobody killed her. She made a choice. <laughs> and Yelena just doesn't want to doesn't want to stop lying. But Clint actually kind of. He he gains the advantage for a moment. Like they're not fighting, but it's kind of like it's it's like a fight with mm-hmm. you have with your brother or your sister or like one of your friends where they're just like emotional and they're mad at you and they're mad. They're just emotional. Right. They're not really mad at you. They're just emotional, you know. And you're trying to like shake them and like look, hey, come on, wake up, right. get out of, this, snap out of this. It's kind of like what he's doing here. Like, hey, look, she sacrificed herself. Understand? I couldn't stop her. And we then flash back to see the battle going on between Kate and Kingpin. He's just tossing her around, and she he snaps right. her arrows and just throws them. Um, and so Kate is kind of hiding. She's this is nothing that she's used to. I mean, like we right. can talk about Kate being a skilled archer and she's you know trained and she knows some martial arts and stuff like that. But as Clint references after this. Going toe to toe like in a one on one Battle with Kingpin This is a much different Scope of battle than Kate has Ever been used to Yeah she can't just run through these guys like she's doing To these tracksuit mafia guys who Like I said earlier and was a little bit disappointed about Are basically nothing Those guys are red shirts They're they're disposable 
And I mean, they're literally dressed in red shirts. That's kind of ironic, uh, red or green. But uh, it's they they represent no threat whatsoever, which is uh, a good thing that we had somebody as threatening as Vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin in this uh, and that they dialed up his abilities a little bit to make him such a formidable foe in a one on one battle here. So there's basically no chance that Kate has going up against him toe to toe in a fair uh, in a fair fight. She's got to really use her her mind here and think outside of the box in order to uh, make this work. And uh, there's a great callback uh, that, you know, it was a little bit it was a little bit controversial for us. I would say we've discussed this a little bit, the flicking, the cufflinks. Mm-hmm. I got to say, I thought it paid off really well. Yeah. Uh, ultimately in this sequence, I like the way they went back to it. Um, and they, they set that up throughout the series. And uh, it almost reminded me of a uh, shine. Chi a, a, a little bit. Uh, there's that moment, uh, the great bus sequence where mm-hmm. shang Chi's uh, being attacked and are trying to get his pendant and the way uh, they choreograph the way that the pendant gets snatched. Very, very reminiscent of of this moment here. Uh, so uh, kudos to them. Uh, it just uh, it really worked for me. The action and the way that they set it up and this showdown with Kate. So uh, this was one of the things that I thought was uh, a, a big win. And you're, you're mentioning, you know, we're talking about cutting back and forth with Elena, and you know all these different things that are happening at once. They're juggling so much. And not too many of the balls are paying off at this specific moment. In my, in my, in my estimation, not too many of them are paying off. But this one with Kate and Kingpin at FAO Schwartz felt the closest to a real good payoff uh, of, of all of the, uh, the showdowns uh, happening yep. in this finale. I agree. We uh, get back to Clint and Yelena, who mm-hmm. Yelena asked, why would she sacrifice herself for you? Why do you deserve it? He says, I don't. And she doesn't understand, you know, why? Yeah. So she died because you let her. He said, I fought for her, but she was better than me. Mm-hmm. And Yelena, she's mad. I mean, she starts just nailing him like in the head with yeah. this baton. It's like a police baton almost that she's just like whacking him with. Um, and Clint's just, I mean, he's not going to really fight back. You know, he doesn't want to hurt Yelena. He understands Takes why it. she's upset. He wants to, more than anything, he just wants to explain it to her. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, this has got to be a really difficult situation for him, too. I mean, everything that she's saying is true. Yeah. He's probably, like, he should have fought harder. Or it, at least he's thinking that, right? That's, I could have fought harder. 100%. I could have done yeah. more. It should have been me that- and not her. You know, that's why he doesn't defend himself there. You know, uh, he he takes it because he's like in agreement in a way he's beaten himself up on the inside already. So this just matches that attitude. Everything that she says, like like you just mentioned, uh, rings true to him. And it's something that he already feels about himself, even though it's, you know, we as as the audience know better. We know that he did his best and that he's a hero and, and that uh, that uh, she just sacrificed herself. And, and that's that. Uh, but he's the type of person that would take that personally and would have that survivor's guilt to, you know, uh, an exponential uh, degree. Uh, he would just own that so much that it w- it wouldn't really be healthy. That's what we've seen thus far. He's just been beating himself up and he he won't really acknowledge himself as a hero. He's come around a lot. But specifically with the whole Matt thing, I think he still hasn't quite forgiven himself. So we check back in with 
Kate and with Kingpin. And there's a really cool moment where Kate runs and slides through his legs. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. when she flicks one of his cuffs. And yeah. it um she she kind of flicks it over to where all of her arrows are laying on the floor and it sparks those electro arrows. They create this currency and it just yeah. blasts Kingpin and sends him flying. I thought that was just kind of a cool visual. She's very smooth with the way that she mm-hmm. executes things like that. Um, and oh, yeah. I, uh, the actor, uh, Haley, and the character and all together, it's just a good package. And as we, we won't later, we don't see a dead body or anything. We see mm-hmm. Kingpin fall damaged. Um, but, but then we see um, Kate kind of out in front talking with her mom. So for a moment, we're just kind of led to yeah. believe that she defeated Kingpin. Um, yeah. For now, worth, for worth now. noting also, worth noting also, I believe she set off the, the too dangerous arrow. Um, I mean, amongst it was multiple arrows that set off, but I believe that was the too dangerous one. Am I right? Yes, I think so. That was the. Yeah, they're so great. So a nice payoff there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she was she was finally able to use that one. Yeah. So Kate and uh, Kate finds her mom out front, and I, this one this probably bothered me the most of the whole episode. I think. Um, just mm. like the interaction with Kate and her mom where, yeah. so she's like, I'm so sorry. We're going to put this behind us. You'll see. It'll all go back mm-hmm. to normal. You mm-hmm. just murdered people, Eleanor. Like, what right. are you talking? Like, of course, for right. you, you want that, right? You were just for 20 years in like organized crime. Who knows how many evil, awful things that you've done. You tried to hire someone to kill Clint and you did mm. Kill Armon, and yet you're like, "Yep, everything's gonna go back to normal." And Kate's just like, "I, I, it's never been normal, Mom. I think part of me has always known how this was." Um, and then Eleanor says, "Honey, this is just an unfortunate arrangement, and now it's over." But at, at least Kate responds like how I am. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. She's like, "What? It's right. over. like killing Armon, hiring an assassin to kill Clint, framing your own fiance. That's an unfortunate arrangement." And her mom's just like, yep, yeah, <laughs> yes, sweetie, that's how the world works. I've protected you from it. You may not have known what was going on, but I did it for you. I know what it's like to have nothing, and you can't handle it. Kate says, how do you know what I can't handle? Oh, uh, because I know you. I know that you think you can live life without consequences just like your father, but someone has to clean things up. Someone has to take responsibility. We hear the sirens <laughs> in the background, and uh, you know, and the, and the cops show up, but – I mean, this from, I mean, even from Kate's perspective. Okay, first off, like the most silly, basic, logical question I have. Mm-hmm. How do the cops know that Eleanor's here? And like, why do they know? Like, this, they're not at her, mm-hmm. their house. They're at a toy store. You know, it's not like they yeah. showed up at Eleanor's and Kate's house and they, they know what happened. Like, it was like, did El. It, you know, El, uh, does Kate say we're going to be on the side of the street right here? Come get her. Like this was just logistically didn't doesn't make sense. I know it's one of those things in a, in a show or a movie. We're just supposed to like uh, the cops show up. Right. Line. But it's like that. That was weird because I was mm-hmm. thinking so much about this scene already because I didn't like it that a few of the other yeah. things stuck out to me and everything about if your mother just saw you in a fight, like almost died, yeah. your mother just. You you know that your mom killed someone. They're trying. There's like no emotion here from right. Eleanor, yeah, like at all. Like where are the tears? Give me some like 
You're trying to hug her Kate doesn't want you She's kind of disgusted by you She's kind of pushing you away No please Kate You know like yeah. I, They're not acting like a mother and a daughter would In this moment If all of this crap had just happened I don't even think they're in frame together If I remember correctly I think that they're like shot reverse And there's like not even an old over the shoulder element to it if I'm If I'm not mistaken But it's like very awkward it seemed like there was something uh re-edited or reshot here um the uh, again credit to new rock stars on this they pointed out uh something i noticed on my uh second viewing that the background behind uh eleanor looks like it's it's a plate like it looks like she was, it was shot uh, in front of a green screen for so it that leads me to believe reshoots happened they retooled it or something. Maybe she was meant to die or have a different resolution. Maybe the dialogue was different or something, and they just redid it. And that's one of the reasons it's flat, because she's doing it on a separate day, opposite no actor. Uh, so they just aren't matching that that feel. And and a lot of times reshoots and stuff, they, the, they're based on – and not all the time, but they're based on – notes from a studio and then they're kind of done dispassionately or in a rushed way and then that's maybe just what we're seeing here uh that the actor was already kind of past it that what did maybe didn't like the reshoots maybe they like the first way that they did it and they're not trying to do the best job on the reshoot so they go back to the original way on some level like, like i the, always wonder that the um, chain of with, command with sort of thing mm-hmm. isn't on the same page you know right like where where it's coming from, the directives are different. It's like one person wanted this to be this way, and the other person wanted this to be that way. And so you're. And is it Feige? Is it like yeah? Is there, are they butting heads like Feige and the showrunner? And maybe the showrunners want to do more in their series and 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 go there. But Feige's like, hold hold on a second, we're gonna do that in two or three down the line. We're saving that for this other thing, or that's too much like this other plan that we had. That's the way that, you know, this whole machine kind of uh, eats itself a little bit. The way it, it, the, 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 the scale of, of the MCU, it cuts both ways uh, because just managing that, I think, just becomes a little unwieldy. And then we start to see the seams a little bit here and there. So Eleanor asks, Kate, is this what heroes do? Arrest their mothers on Christmas? And she just <laughs> says, I'm, I'm sorry, mom. I love you. And uh, Eleanor gets arrested And she's taken off by the cops As uh, Yelena is ready to shoot Clint and right as she cocks The gun to shoot him Clint does the whistle The 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 Yelena and Natasha Whistle the one that they used to do With each other when they were kids And that is what That is the like that's his last uh, the last thing that Clint has in his toolbox to pull out, yeah. the last thing that he has, it's like, oh, if he, maybe I go to the whistle, that'll that'll make her re- uh, remember, and she does. This this yeah. does exactly what he wants. This elicits the emotion from Elena, and she says, "How do you know that?" He says, "Your secret whistle with Nat. She talked about you all the time, Elena. He knows. I thought this was really good because mm-hmm. he knows. Obviously, he knows the whistle." But he knows the situation enough to know that that's right. what Yelena would want to hear, you know, right. which is cool, I thought, too. Um, and It wasn't clear to me. Uh, can, can you answer this real quick? What, did he do both sides of the whistle or did Yelena do the first one that, and then he did it back? I wasn't I clear on that. I, I couldn't tell, not, honestly. I, I couldn't either. I, I, I would assume it was Yelena that kind of did it back, but. I think he, I think mm-hmm. he was doing them both. I mean, I, I it sounds like yeah. I didn't see Yelena do it. You would think that she was responding, but 
Um, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if maybe Yelena did it almost as like, I'm about to, like she was whistling to Nat, like from beyond the grave, like to say like, you know, I'm, I'm about to you. You know, close I'm this like, loop. Yeah. I'm about, yeah, I'm getting revenge for you. This is, this is for you, Nat. Like, so she's like yeah. making, that's her message to her. And then, and then she kind of could hear like, that in the moment, you know, you know, it was yeah. almost like a, wait, you know, that is right. Um, I saw people comparing it to the Batman versus Superman moment uh the martha moment where you know batman's about to kill superman in that movie and uh, uh clark mentions uh you've got to save martha and that just totally throws batman for a loop because he's like wait my mom's name is martha and that's like the whole reason i'm here because i saw my mom die uh that you know it actually works more for me than i a, a lot of people uh, who complained about that uh, moment did but uh i could see the similarities there for sure yep and and he says to her, or, or Yelena asks, what did she say? Um, Clint says, she told me about how you got separated as kids. She was flying that plane, and I asked her if she was scared. All she could think about is that you were safe. That never changed, Yelena. She loved you, and she always wanted you safe. So he's referencing that opening scene from Black Widow. Yeah. When, uh, when they were escaping from U.S., when they were, you know, the, the phony family mm-hmm. there. Good scene. And I thought the line that Yelena and she's she's crying, you know, at this point, she's like mm-hmm. sad. And she said, you got so much time with her. That huh. was a good line. I know. And Clint I, like said, I did. As uh, you know, Yelena said, it shouldn't have gone this way. If I was there, I could have stopped it. I could have I could have changed it. This is just honest, right? Like, this is exactly mm-hmm. the grief that somebody goes through. There's exactly the kind of emotion, yeah. that you, the type of things that you say. I would have been there. I would have saved it. And it's like, no, you wouldn't have saved it. You know how mm-hmm. she is. She was going to do whatever she wanted anyway. She's stubborn. Um, and I mean, we've all seen the we've all seen the scene millions of times where there's nothing that Yelena could have done. Nobody could have done anything mm-hmm. at that moment. Nat knew what she had to do, and she was very okay with with doing it. Um, Clint even mm-hmm. says nothing was going to stop her. You know, Natasha. As Yelena continues to cry, Clint says she made her choice. We're going to have to find a way to live with it. And Yelena said, I loved her so much. Clint agrees. Me too. And something about this, I got to say, uh, like I'm, I'm split here on the on this scene. The ending, like the I way it ended or like the way they go apart. Like what? What a, the whole the whole scene rang a little false to me. I almost can't reconcile this character um crying this much i i I felt like it pushed the melodrama just a a tad too much where yelena she's this you know hardened russian and she needs to break she needs to show emotion but to me it was like they pushed it too far to where like now she needs to cry on camera and that that to me didn't fit the character as well i wanted to see her Stifle it down a little bit more, like wrestle with that. She's not that type that's just going to be crying and, and, and complaining and saying like, you got to, oh, oh, like, you know, she, she would swallow it a little bit more. I feel that's that Russian way. That's of somebody who's like a spy would do somebody who's been repressed a little bit. And I feel like there, there was a way they could have in the writing and in the performance. And I know she's capable of it. She's a fantastic actress. Uh, to just kind of be a little more subtle with it. I thought that the, the dialogue just bled into soapy melodrama just a bit too much and that she would have held back a, a little bit more if, she, if we were 
you know, really seeing these characters uh, play play the scene out. Something about it just felt yeah, I, a little I think off it's fair. to me. Something about the way that that they like left each other was the was mm-hmm. the part that I didn't like. You know, it was I was I don't know if I wanted more or less. You know, like I didn't I don't know if mm-hmm. I wanted her like the, the the hug or I don't know if I wanted her to maybe just like still like punch him and knock him out and then walk away. Yeah. I don't know. You know, like I just felt I, like there was like I liked so- it. I like that you said that because I feel like they could have done more with less. I, I feel yes. like there was more to be done with, with uh, like smaller beats, uh, mm-hmm. like weighty emotional beats where you can read stuff on her face. Some of some of these lines I felt didn't need to be lines. They could have been looks. They could have been especially you know, with the half the a line. Like Renner yeah. is incredible. Like he mm-hmm. is so good at with the less is more. He doesn't mm-hmm. need these huge monologues. Like his little one lines are very good, yeah. you know, and and they they come. Um, they're very compelling. So I, I agree with you. I, I didn't, it wasn't like I disliked it and I like both of them. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it maybe could have been better, um, that they could have, yeah. they could have done it a little bit better. Um, so we're back to the, uh, the officers kind of, Yelena gets up and, and, you know, she walks off and, uh, and, and Yelena's gone as, uh, the officers are, uh, looking around the toy store and they don't see Kingpin, but we see Kingpin walking in an alley, uh, and a trust a bro mm-hmm. van pulls up, and it's Maya who hops out, and she's got a gun, and she holds the gun up, and you can you know, Kingpin notices that Maya's there. He says, "What a surprise, Maya! You and I were family." And he sees the gun, and he says, "Sometimes family doesn't see eye to eye." And yeah, we hear the gunshot. We kind of hear a a body fall. We don't see any of it, which yeah. I mean, this is something they do in a lot of movies and shows, and whenever we see it in the MCU, we uh, can assume and understand that mm-hmm. th- that person is is alive. I just didn't like, just like you said with Loki, right? Don't make mm-hmm. me wait a ne- like a week or a, a month or a year. Like, right. If you're gonna do that, play um, pay it off at the end of this episode. You know, only make right. us think that for just a little bit. Then give me a post credit scene where he opens his eyes. Something. Any, any exactly. anything like that? I just nobody thinks this guy's dead. Mm-hmm. Why, why? Like they why talked about there? him. They teased it for so long. They, I, I mean, it's just it's gonna piss off casuals that don't have any connection why to the he's comics. Too smart and, for this kind of stuff. Like he has yeah. to know that people know this guy's not dead, and it's not like a cute right. Oh, is Kingpin dead? Thing. It's like we're all like we know he's not dead. Why would you just? Show him get yeah. injured. I don't know anything. You know they they could have done this different ways or not done it. Anything. Yeah. I just to me a couple of my least favorite things here: the Eleanor thing with with her and Kate, and the way this mm-hmm. all went down. I just wasn't a fan of it. Same. Uh, and clearly they have plans here. Uh, the wording here is very specific. And uh, if we look into the comics, I mentioned this earlier. Uh, this very thing happens in the comics. And Kingpin does not die. The next time we see him, he's got bandages over both of his eyes. That line there, uh, sometimes family doesn't see eye to eye. That's absolutely meant to be like a pun within the script. It's a foreshadowing uh, for that. And it's something that 
uh, comics readers and fans from from you know that side of things will pick up on. It's not something that casual viewers are going to pick up on, I, I, I think. And a lot of them might just be perplexed by the end of this going, wait, all that build up for this big character and he goes out like that. Damn, they're going to do our boy like that. Like it just doesn't. Not a whole lot of sense to me for for casuals. And they could have just easily, like you mentioned, post-credit sequence, show one shot of of Kingpin with those bandages on his eyes, some ominous uh, Kingpin music. That's a lot of fun moving forward. Uh, And it it doesn't leave us hanging in that kind of cheap way. Just literally, I'm thinking of like Jon Snow, you know, when he opens Mm -hmm. his eyes. Like, that's it. That's all it has to be, you know? Just like that moment, he's alive, boom. Especially with... What they gave us in this post credit scene Where it was nothing yeah. I mean they gave us the, the yeah. Rogers the musical But it wasn't anything moving the plot forward Or of yeah. like what's coming next It didn't even that have to been, be it like, That should have been on second. YouTube like, like, I, I didn't like that as a post credit I mean that, that that's fun If that was what? there with a plot thing at the end I'd be like cool That gives that's, us kind of what we expected There's some Momentum moving forward, but that was just kind of no, fluff. That, it was that's like the Mandarin thing. It should have been a short on itself mm-hmm. on Disney Plus, right? Yeah. It should have been like yeah. Clint and the kids walking in to sit down to watch the play, yeah. and then like we see a scene of it, you know, or we see a song. It just shouldn't. It should have been a totally extra thing that that mm-hmm. was not in the this like the post credits because I agree. It felt it, we were so like at this moment. I'm like, okay, we're gonna get Kingpin's gonna show back up again, you know, right? Like yeah. we're waiting for him to show back up again, and he just doesn't. So yeah. this is where things Missed started. Like mm-hmm. after the Yelena Kate or the Yelena Clint interaction, there where there we had some nitpicks. There, this is where things I I felt like that same problem that Marvel has at the end of the third act. You know, they're trying yeah. to put like tie all of these things up so quickly. You know that, but not really. But not, not really. They're, they're trying to tie things up, but then leave them open in just the right amount. It's a, it's a high wire walk. It's a very fine line, and they're good at it. But you know, it doesn't always work no. that that well. It's not always a clean uh, break at the end of the series or or movie. So Grills and the Larpers are out there with the cops. They're all proud of themselves, telling the cops, "Hey, look, we just <laughs> want to make sure." I, yeah. I thought that I thought this part was kind of funny, actually. Um, it was. It was. It, yeah. you know, they're Basically, like, hey, Avengers. We, yeah, we want to make sure you arrest the right people. Like we're the good guys. We are with Hawkeye. Yeah. We're essentially Avengers. You know, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> as, that was uh, great. And then we see Missy. She's sitting on the bench with Jack, and she's like, "You know, I saw you with your sword earlier. You're pretty handy with that thing. Yeah. Have you ever heard of LARPing?" And and I just yeah. love the way Jack said, "LARPing." Is it some sort of leisure activity? <laughs> it was fantastic. And she's, uh, you know, I'm in this guild, and she starts telling him about it. And I just think out of nowhere, Jack just goes, balls. I, I love that. Blood on my tie. <laughs> I mean, it was nothing. Like, there's no purpose yeah. for him even saying that line, but it was just, like, funny. Um, I yeah. want more Jack for sure. And yeah, he... He definitely feels like someone who can be brought back and be like another mentor, not mentor maybe, but like a parental mm-hmm. type figure for Kate. You know, if her, yes. mom's, if her mom's gone now, <clears throat> and, I, I mean, I can't imagine Kate's going to just live with, with Clint and them forever. She's probably stay with them for Christmas right. out for a while, but she doesn't have a mom anymore, you know, and right. 
Um, He's kind of a stepdad figure. Yeah, she was starting to, like, really warm up to Jack, too. Think about the scene where she saw her Mm -hmm. and and Jack dancing. And then Mm -hmm. um, even once she realizes, like, her mom set him up this whole time. Yeah. When she comes down and she's like, yeah, and she's, you know, talking to him. There's a little something there between mm-hmm. the two of them. Like, I could picture them, like, Jack and her fencing all day, right? Yes. And, like, then him, but him being more, like, starting to be a little bit more, like, harder on her. Like, no, Kate, no. You know, like, really, like, teaching right. her, you know? I Like, I'm picturing it right now. It's great. I want to see the two of them, like, you know, living in that nice apartment, do it, like, I, yeah. her, her having to call in Jack if she needs some backup every now and then, you know, Jack seems very much like her father in how mm-hmm. in the opposite of Eleanor in that, like, they want to be superheroes, you know, right, like, right. dad was telling her, like, do what's good, do what's right. You know, it'll, you know, he was, he would say the opposite positive. and Eleanor would yeah. say, no, do this. We can't do that. No, I don't want to, we don't want to do this. So Jack is yeah. that guy that you could see, like wanting to be the superhero you know it's and it's perfect too because uh we, we mentioned this a while back but in the comics uh jack is a mentor to hawkeye clinton barton's hawkeye uh helps train him uh in various things and so it it just makes sense that in this iteration that the new hawkeye kate bishop uh will also have that sort of relationship with with jack again it's that thing of you know taking the familiar taking uh, what we already know and what, what worked in the comics and putting a little spin on it, making it fun. Um, and a, a great example of, uh, of that is like MJ in the Spider-Man version that we're, we're seeing now in Tom Holland, Spider-Man, you know, there is an MJ in the story. It's just a little different from the MJ that we know from the Raimi film. Mm-hmm. You know, it's her name's different. There's little details, but then there's these constants that go through. And then the, like, so the constant between the, you know, the comic and this universe that we're being introduced to is that the swordsman jock will play a mentor to a Hawkeye figure at some point. And that's, that's really cool. I love the idea of these, you know, we've called them absolute points before. I don't know if this specifically qualifies, but these, the ways that uh, these various iterations just kind of echo one another. And then the way that they're using the idea of a multiverse to justify that and make it all part of, you know, one, larger fabric it, it's brilliant and uh they're, they're i've said this before but they're having their cake and they're eating it too and jack uh was a, a just a great example and a huge success one of my favorite uh characters from this series so i i, I really like this next <laughs> this next moment um but you, you were kind of hitting on it where <laughs> it, it, this one didn't bother me as much like sometimes when they when when marvel and mcu is about to get really serious they'll they'll kind of get comedic and they'll and try to really lighten the mm-hmm. mood but but they got the they got the serious mood enough like you got the tone of it before clint yeah. went to the, the the you know the the laugh you know the laugh line where clint and kate are talking and he says to kate you know kate i, I really got to be honest with you it doesn't happen too often but every once in a while you come across someone that just makes you better in every right. way you know and he's he's setting it up like he's about to tell kate like you know I can't believe what happened yeah. and you and you complete me exactly <laughs> yeah. like you know we're partners and all this stuff and then he tells her you know that Missy she just outdid herself with the suit right the elasticity <laughs> yeah. and this fabric and Kate just, just says, okay, balls you can stop you know it yeah. was it was good because we all mm-hmm. knew and Kate knew and it was 
what she'd wanted. Um, but he said, I know Tanal was a lot. You took on Kingpin all by yourself. Not many people walk away from something like that. And I'm so proud of you. She thanks him. Yeah. And we have, uh, you know, the sirens in the background. And he says, we got to walk that dog. And so they go to walk the yeah. dog. But I just keep thinking this whole time, like, her mom is in the in jail right now. You know what I mean? Like, I can't yeah. think about that while I'm like. And I understand it's a weird dynamic because what do you, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Her mom did wrong stuff, Kate. No, but I don't know. It's just yeah. like when I see her kind of smiling, even in little things, it's like your mom killed people and now she's in jail. <laughs> so yeah. I just like, like why are you Yeah. You know, fresh. To be happened. fair, to be fair, he did just, you know, really butter her up with that, like basically Absolutely. saying and that you complete me kind of thing. Hero, right. So this is her the type big of guy hero who, like, yeah. He could get her at any moment to probably, you know, react, get get that visceral reaction yeah. with anything that he would say or do more more mm-hmm. so than any other person. But, but yeah, there was but still, still something it's your weird mom. about that. Like, yeah, your mom being your moments, your moments removed from incarcerating your own mother. Like, and I, I, I take it she was the one that called the cops, right? That's that's yeah, where right? we're to, and first she called the cops, informed on the mom, probably sent the video and everything. Told where 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 she were where where they were. I know it was a little confusing, like you mentioned. Like, how would they know exactly where on the street? Like at that very moment. But I, I, I digress. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense that her her attitude isn't isn't befitting of the the end here. And I wonder if that's part of the notes that I got because my gut feeling was they were gonna have a more somber tone to the finish that was kind of bittersweet in parts i imagine maybe eleanor would have died i imagine maybe grills would have died like there would have been some real casualties maybe maybe hawkeye would have got stabbed in the ears and actually gone fully deaf and there would have been some real ramifications here at the end of it even though they win and even though you know there there's a there's a happy ending but i i get this feeling that they really wanted to like tie everything up in a very pretty mm-hmm. bow that they wanted the track Disney plus just be, you know, yeah, too yeah. much. So, and I felt it was, a, it was a little bit of a shift in tone, a dial back of the, the, the vibe that they had kind of set up thus forth. When I think a lot back of to that, yeah. that ambush, that chase scene where they, where they get in the car and it's that long shot and there's, there's just an energy to that and a feeling like, Ooh, these tracks, you guys could actually take them out or like, Oh, they, they just got jacked up right there. Like there was some visceral, um, real world like threat and that kind of a, uh, and, and consequences that I felt during the setup that they just kind of let go of for the finale. And that felt a little bit like a cop out and uh, a letdown. I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to see them take their licks while at the same time uh, coming out on top. I think there would be there was a way to balance that. And I have a strong hunch that the initial plan was 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 supposed to be a little bit more than that, and they just tried to make it a lot cleaner uh, of an ending than uh, originally intended by studio mandate. And uh, the next day is Christmas Day, so we made it. Yeah. Clint is pulling back up to uh, to his home with his family, and he's got Kate and Lucky with him. As he gets out of the car, he says, "Are you coming?" And Kate and Lucky both jump out. She asks, "Are you you sure this is okay?" He says, I'm telling you, they're very excited to meet you. And out come Clint's kids. They're so happy that uh, he made it. His younger son gives him a big hug. And uh, his daughter, she even says, you made it. You kept your promise. As uh, they all introduce themselves to Kate. 
and they all seem to hit it off right like pretty quickly. The dog, like they love the dog. They're kind of playing with the dog and they're talking about her. And Kate, the dynamic is kind of good because Kate can kind of be like the oldest of the sisters, you know, like the older sister to the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought pretty quickly they all seem to be, you know, hitting it off well. I just love Laura. You know, she comes in, yeah. she says, you made it. And she just gives Kate like this big warm hug, you know, yeah. that just felt so like, oh, I want that hug. Like, I want that, you know? Um, you need that too, because she's just, other than that, she's just the wife. So yes. you need those moments of like, to, to, to show that this character is exceptional in some, in some way that she, she just goes above and beyond. Like she's just a warm, loving character. And that, that gives you the, the logic and the reality and that motivation for, for Clint to like be so devoted to them. You know, there needs to be something about uh, his wife to kind of, to to show us as an audience like why he's so devoted to, to her i mean not, not, it's not just that he's a, a good guy uh the, and, a, and, and a good husband but like wh- why why did he you know leave everything or risk everything to start this life and the secret life with her uh on this farm they need to cue us in uh with little things like that of just her just being an exceptional person that's that's kind of all we have to work with at this point yeah, and I, I thought that it, they kind of teased a few times we were going to have more mm-hmm. of a role for her, and then I it hoped, didn't. Yeah, yeah, we had kind of hoped, but we didn't really get that. Um, so they all they all kind of sit down, and the, some of the kids are opening their presents as Kate um, is hanging around with the with the kids, and Clint is talking with Laura, and he mm-hmm. says, "You're never going to guess what I found in a black what was found in a black market auction in New York City." He to- he pulls out the Rolex. Now, in like episode two and three, this Rolex was like a huge thing. And then it's yeah. been like nothing in the last couple episodes. I mean, it was not even brought up at all until Clint had it, got yeah. it in this last episode, gave it to her. And then I think you hit on this when we were talking in the uh, mm-hmm. in like the preview. All that we see is that it's got the Mockingbird symbol on it. So we. You know, we mm-hmm. think that she's Mockingbird. It says nineteen. Age so of nineteen. That's age at nineteen. Mm-hmm. But I mean, doesn't does it do anything? Can you do something with the watch? Is it a tracker? Does it have? Right. You know, why was this so important? Is it it hides your yeah. secret identity? I don't know what, but like, there's got to be a reason why they were so worried about getting this watch back, and then they just mm-hmm. got it, and well, that's it. Like, oh, okay, yeah. thank you, I got it back. And he even jokes like, you got to do a better job of uh you know, take take better care of your stuff, and she jokes back like right. you're hardly you're hardly one to talk. I didn't. Right. Yeah, that was just another one of the things where it felt like the watch thing felt like a thing, and then it was nothing, and mm-hmm. then you brought it back. It just, I don't know. I wasn't the, the this whole little watch thing was was kind of a miss for me too. Yeah, getting some serious Ralph Boner vibes from that whole watch. Thing. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Just a, like a red herring kind of. Uh, I, you could argue that it was a payoff. They paid it off. And like the smallest way possible, they essentially just paid it off what they were uh, tipping their hand at, like the whole time. Uh, we we guessed it early on. She was we said it. She was probably Mockingbird, at least an agent of some sort. Uh, there'd been little Easter eggs about that thus far. That's what they were pointing us in that direction. And then for them to just kind of show that yes, that's that's it, but then nothing else. Like so. The only thing they really gave us is the the information that we would have guessed already, that everybody already guessed, but no, no nothing more than that. 
it didn't open up any doors for why that's important or where they could go from from there. And that would have been so easy. Like I mentioned before, even just a line from Clint about, you know, oh, there's so much data in there. Like, what would have happened if that got in the wrong hands? Like something like that earlier on to kind of just show that it's not just, you know, a watch because all that we're seeing right now is a watch. It's literally an engraved Rolex. Obviously, a uh, Rolex watch. has value, but you know, it's, it's not a MacGuffin. A it's not a magic watch. It's not a, a story around. It, yeah. Yes, it's and and even if it's if it if it is a watch, like who's what? Why does her identity need to be? You know, like, why is it so important that people don't know mm-hmm. who she is? Like, why we right. don't know much about it at all. So that was, yeah, something yeah. that. I don't know if we ever see or hear about it anymore again, but it did seem, you know, I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure what to take out of it. As uh, Clint asks Kate for some help, can you help me with something real quick? And Kate jumps up, sure. As they walk outside, Clint says, I figured you'd like to help me end what you started. He puts the Ronin suit on the barbecue and he lights yeah. it up and uh, he wants to get rid of it. He doesn't need to be that guy anymore. Kate yeah. says, should I say a few words or, you know, and she says, can I ask you something? This is another one where it, you know, you think it's going to be a serious moment. You know, she's like, can I, you know, you wonder if she's going to ask a question about like Natasha or, you know, you know, something about someone that he's killed. I don't know. It just was set up. Like maybe she was going to ask a question about her mom or can I stay here Mm -hmm. with you guys or something, anything like that. (laughs) And she says, What do you think of Lady Hawk? <laughs> Back goes, to branding. Back to branding again. Yeah. That's, that's terrible. Uh, Hawk Eve? Yeah. No, that's that's <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Hawk Shot, like you know, like Hot Shot, but Hawk Hawk Shot. <laughs> Lady Arrow. None of those. <sighs> okay, yeah. fine. And he says, "You know what? Actually, I have an idea." Boom! And then the Hawkeye title comes up. I thought that was pretty. Yeah. Cool. Pretty well done at the that, very end. That was good. That was good because that's that's what the comics are. Uh, what she is in the comics, she's she's a new Hawkeye, Passing and that's a thing point. that we see. We see that in comics all all the time. Just for instance, go over to DC Comics. You've got so many people that are the Flash. You've got uh, Barry Allen and you've got Jay Garrick. Barry Allen, we all re- regard as kind of the main Flash right now, but was he the original Flash? Not a chance in hell. No, that was Jay Garrick. Uh, so there's just this. This happens all the time. That's just a, a few of them too. Uh, so there's there's no issue with two characters having the same uh, moniker. And that was actually a little bit of a meta joke there, too, because all those uh, suggestions that she was giving were suggestions that were, you know, floating around the Internet where people were upset about, you know, get woke, go broke kind of uh, politics in their in their Marvel comics. And they don't like that. Uh, so they don't like to have a, a female Hawkeye. That just doesn't sit right with some some segment of fans so you know they were pushing for those names to be out there but no that's not how they did it she's just hawkeye and i thought that they did it really smartly here in the way that they showed it uh, it was very clear that she's hawkeye they set it up that way uh throughout the whole series that they're two sides of the same coin that she's a mentor and going to carry the torch for him that he is on the back nine he's not going to be hawkeye forever so it makes sense with the young Avengers that they have down in the pipeline. She's going to be the new Hawkeye, and that and it just works, and it makes sense. And then that was, in a way, uh, a tacit endorsement of that very fact. You got the original Hawkeye saying, "Yeah, go go nuts. You're Hawkeye too. Like he doesn't care. So why should you goober fans who who do care 
uh, give a crap about it. You know, it's 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 small small minded thinking, and it's actually not consistent with comics logic as we know it. Uh, in many, many, many examples, and those people are going to be really pissed off when they get the Jamie Fox Black <laughs> Spider Man movie. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> that was great. I love that line too. He was like, "Oh man, I thought I thought she, I thought you were black, man." Like the way he said yeah. that. Andrew Garfield. He was like, "You're always in the hood. You're always saving black people." Like I just, I just figured, like, oh well. Funny you know? thing you mentioned about that. If I uh, uh, just a little little teaser for when we do discuss No Way Home. One of the things that I wish there's a there's a handful of things I wish was in No Way Home that I think could have fit so well with the multiverse thing. And I don't know how they would have squeezed it in, but how cool would it have been if they got Donald Glover as a alternate Peter Parker? It was something that was floating around the Internet. He wanted to do it. There was a whole campaign for him to do it. Then people wanted him to be Miles Morales. He ended up voicing Miles Morales. He ended up playing Miles's uncle in the MCU. It would have been so fun to see. So if, if they nod. included other alternates, yeah, that would yeah. have been a great, great opportunity to do that. Maybe they still could do that at I some think point. They might. Uh, I think they might have I just been so. like, hey, it's going to be such a big deal to get the other two Spideys in yeah. here at the same time yeah. that we don't even need to tease anything yeah. more. But I, I think you're right. Like, I think Miles has got to come at some point. It's just the miles has to come, but also like, what if it's just a variant Peter Parker who happens to be black in in another universe? It's a kid from Queens. Uh, Just like, just like Jamie Foxx's Electro says in the, in the, in the movie, it kind of makes sense. The character, absolutely. You could swap out uh, a a black kid for, for Peter Parker and everything would be basically the same. Uh, Uh That's something that doesn't change fundamentally the character. You know what I mean? Right. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Who's probably been picked on and been, you know, had mm-hmm. had like tough growing, like tough hardships compared to someone like a, a Peter character who, right? They haven't struggled. They're just a dorky, you know, a dorky kid. It's not like they're someone who's dealt with like real, real world racism and issues and stuff like that. Inner city yeah. stuff, um, prejudices, and uh, so that yeah, that would be really cool. Uh, they've opened a mm-hmm. lot of doors. With the multiverse now, with the mm-hmm. some of the Sony properties now, with Kingpin yeah. and with uh, with Daredevil coming on over, and we get we're all kind of waiting for a post credit scene. We get one, but it's just the musical. It's just like the full yeah. song of Rogers the musical, which is funny. I mean, it's and it's well done. It was welcome, and yeah, it's, yeah. It's like you said, it wasn't it wasn't what we kind of wanted at the very end because the the yeah. thing that no matter what, even when we gripe about. The third act stuff with Marvel What they do a really good job of Is they give us something else At the at the end In the post credit scene In the mid credit scene yeah. So that like that's the last thing we think about So we're kind of already on to what's coming next You know And right. we're already kind of excited about what's next This was probably one of the more disappointing Like I was waiting right mm-hmm. We didn't get any post credit scenes In any of the episodes uh, One through five yeah. And then in episode six, we're waiting, waiting, waiting. We get the musical. I thought there were a couple mm-hmm. funny lines. We lived through the eighties, and this too shall pass. That was, <laughs> that, was that, that I thought was great. And uh, you know, Tony, be careful. You've got nukes to catch. Uh, Hulk, you know the magic word is. You know the magic word is smash. <laughs> you know um, so uh, the. When they they talk about Hawkeye, well, while Hawkeye seems cool, like a really nice guy, he just wished that New York wasn't their battleground. It was like, what? <laughs> that was like all you have to yeah. say about a Hawkeye. Um, yeah. And then we finish it off with, uh, I could do this all day. Actually, when it was playing last night and I was rewatching it, um, 
Yeah. Stephanie came back was like, I thought you were watching Hawkeye. This sounds like a music. Yeah. I was like, this is at the end yeah. of ever. And, and she walked off and I was like, I could do this all day. <laughs> you know the words to that? I was like, nah, just like the one catchphrase that I would have known. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, funny, fun, but not, could have been a better way to end it with, um, with, yeah. King and with something for Maya, mm-hmm. with anything about where we were headed moving forward, you know? Yeah, and I'll be honest, I really, really enjoyed Rogers the Musical as they presented it in the context of the first uh, episode. I thought it was so funny and clever, and I really wanted to see the, you know, the full un- uncut version, the extended. Uh, watching it, though, was kind of a chore. It's, ba- it's, a, it's, it's a bad musical done on purpose to be bad, and it definitely sends up the the cliches of of Broadway in a very uh, knowing way. They got real Broadway professionals to do it too. Yeah, it felt too long. I got bored. I tuned out. Honestly, it's not. It wasn't funny enough. No, no, I completely. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. They didn't try to smack you over the head. They almost wrote it like too much like a real Broadway song that wasn't really and a mediocre. A yeah. mediocre one too. It was it was just like if you went to go see a, like a really shitty Broadway play, but the people like looked really hard which on. One, which is right. Hamilton was the one that they said that they drew a lot of influence from, you know, and a lot of inspiration mm. from. The Hamilton's mm-hmm. funny, like right, you know, right. That's the difference. Like this wasn't, like I said, I picked out two or three lines, but the rest of the lines are just kind of very basic. They're just right, you know. So. Could have been the music's better. not that great too. That's no. the other thing. Hamilton has great music, uh, and uh, I, I I love Hamilton. I'm not a huge Broadway or uh, musical fan, but I'll enjoy a good one. I caught uh, West Side Story in the theaters while I was um, back on the East Coast. Phenomenal film. I'm so glad I saw it. Uh, and then this is a really good time for m- musicals right now. We got Andrew Garfield who just did on Netflix um, uh, Tick Tick Boom, which was fantastic. And you've got another uh, Lin Manuel project that came out earlier uh in the year in the heights all these are getting awards uh uh attention right now and most of them are available to stream so it's a good time to be a fan of of musicals and uh this was uh, a a welcome addition here but it just like we're saying here it it just didn't pay off enough to really feel worthwhile like if that's going to be your post-credit scene we need one more shot of kingpin in the bandage we need we need one more little um plot or narrative uh, moment to kind of carry us forward because that was just an you know we talked about empty scenes where there was a lot of empty kind of finale moments here with the narrative that didn't pay off like we wanted it to. Now we have this opportunity with the post credit se- sequence to leave on a, a, a good note. They just gave us a something even more empty, something that was just like a, a, a special feature, a bonus on on a, on a DVD or something. So uh, is, not, it's frustrating because I so much of this show I liked and I yeah. liked the show overall. It's a good show. It's, yeah. it's, but there are just a couple bad tastes in your mouth at the end, you know, that it's yeah. like, and, and I, I trust Feige very much that the next time we see these characters or the things that we have gripes about in a mm-hmm. year or two, I bet we probably won't have the same gripe that we did coming out of this show. They do a really good job of rehabbing, fixing, like mm-hmm. they hear what we say and then they mm-hmm. want to, they want to, do better for the fans moving forward You just would have mm-hmm. thought that Feige Coming into this might have known A little bit better um, right? With with how they did yeah. it and, um, So I don't I, I I still trust that moving forward They'll probably fix A, a couple of the, the character 
flaws that they may have had with some of these or some of the uh, the, the particular scenes we didn't love or that may have felt rushed or like they didn't they cut something out or they were edited poorly or, right. or strangely. I, I it's not like so bothersome to where like it made me hate no. the show or like I don't want to watch moving forward or anything. It just this show was getting to a really good level, like a really yeah. high level. And so I think it ends up, you know, you can't help it, but you heighten your expectations for the end of it because mm-hmm. the like uh, the body of the show is so good that you feel like, oh, okay, like Kate Clint stuff, good. Almost every, and mm-hmm. Kate Yelena stuff, good. But almost mm-hmm. all the other stuff, I have a lot of questions about. Yeah, and like we said, the action... Very strong, uh, but just some of the scenes felt felt a little empty. They felt like uh, there there wasn't any substance uh, to them. And uh, granted, uh, it's it's kind of like a two it's a two way uh, street. You know, we we said this before about they're juggling a lot. The machine of Marvel is the it's uh, unwieldy, so that can work against you. But you know, on the positive side, uh, we're gonna get another crack at all, all this. Hopefully, uh, it's it, the because it's a work in progress constantly, it's not finished. They can correct mistakes. They can course correct. And uh, they can it can play out in a way that's going to be um, more enjoyable for, for us all in the long run. I would say if I'm going to quantify it, like I was looking at the, the previous episodes all sat, like if we're talking out of 10, 8 to 10, somewhere in that range. And then this episode fell somewhere around the 7 mark. I even six to seven. Agree. I was gonna say six, and then like eight yeah. into eight to ten on the other ones. Yeah, like just yeah. that range. It just it's felt like not a step down. Bad, but just a lower. It's one of those weird things too, where it's like if the mm-hmm. show would have been a little bit less quality throughout, we probably wouldn't have even noticed the difference. You know what right. I mean? Like we yeah. would have just been the like, oh yeah, this is what contrast. the show was. But it was very right. very good, and then it felt like they came into the last. I, I got a lot of Wandavision vibes. In how, in right. how that I felt like the last episode, you know, like, yeah. it was like, oh, things were building, 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 building. And then it was kind of anticlimactic. Um, it gets a little silly, a little cartoonish at the end yeah. in that third act. And I yeah. feel like we're living in a space in the in the greater MCU right now that feels akin to kind of the third act of Iron Man, which I think is like very much the same dynamic and kind of set the blueprint. And we, we talk about this whenever we get to the end of you know any Marvel thing that we're discussing is that third act and how it can be unwieldy like that. And it kind of always, uh, especially when it's, it's not delivering a hundred percent, it always dips at that portion And it. And there's something about it where now more and more, I'm feeling these properties are hovering and kind of living and lingering in that Iron Man third act territory and the overall style, the, the just the, the, the watered down a little bit. A little bit, yeah, and 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 that they're and that they're reaching for something that's very comic booky, very over the top, and that's that again to use this dub, uh, double-edged sword, two-way street kind of metaphor. Uh, it works in their favor, but it's also working against them. It, it's not, um, yeah, it just doesn't uh, it doesn't coalesce uh, like it, it needs to. Sometimes they they're they're doing what's on the page. And, and adapting comics sometimes maybe maybe a little bit too directly in those moments. And I, I think that that's a fine line to walk. A lot of times the fans, they get really happy and that they feel like they're getting fan service from that. But maybe in certain you know respects, 
the reason why films and television haven't adapted, you know, these comic books to a one-to-one ratio is because of this very thing where it kind of strains uh, credulity here. It feels a little bit incredible and cartoonish Mm -hmm. when when it's translated directly. And that I think that people can be split and it kind of depends on the, on, you know, the specific scene or movie that we're talking about. But, you know, I think a lot of you ask 10 fans, five fans are going to tell you they're going to want more grounded, realistic adaptation version. And the other five are going to say they want, no, I want my comic book come to life. MCU does so well by kind of balancing those. But then I, I tend to dislike it when they dip a little too far into the silly or, or the, or the comic and the colorful. And uh, again, fine lines walk. Cause I yeah, love the, that those aspects in, in certain regards, the best comedy parts are just the, the natural comedy, the situational mm-hmm. comedy. The like, hey, this guy's like a spaceman yes. from the, you know what I mean? And you just kind of look over and it's just like, hey, what's going on? You know, like, right, you, right. You don't have to try to get cute. And when they do it, you know, I think that's where they kind of stray away from what people really, uh, really respond to the most. And yeah, um, yeah, it, it was good. It, it's it's been quite a a journey so far, man. I mean, first of all. Uh, I think we may be breaking a record. We're up on over three hours on the, <laughs> yes! episode, of, yeah. on the episode of, uh, which is just fantastic. Of uh, like one yeah. hour, it wasn't even an hour episode of TV. But this is the <laughs> last episode of the series. Series, yeah. so we're kind of talking about the full series stuff. But man, when we started this journey, um, they dropped the first three episodes of WandaVision. I think was it two or three? I think together, right off the bat. Um, that sounds right. Yeah. And then two, it was two or three. Yeah. And then I had mentioned, oh, cool. I like WandaVision. I'm thinking about recapping some of these uh, shows on the podcast. And and your wife, Jackie, yeah. sent me a message and was like, oh, Tim re- is really into Marvel stuff. So if you're looking for someone to, you know, to talk with, because I was, I didn't, I didn't really know, like, have a person that I had set out. And Man, you jumped yeah. in. We did the first few episodes of Wanda, and I think I told you after we had the first conversation. Like, I know you. We've worked together. We're friends and stuff. Yeah. But you don't when you have like a like an like something like this that's recorded that's like right. on air it's where different. you have to kind of work a little bit. I'm like, you know, I don't know if we're gonna be able to talk for more than fifteen or twenty minutes about this. You know, um, right, right. That's definitely not, <laughs> not gonna pop up at all. But yeah. man, I like it was such a great surprise because I hadn't seen you in a while. And yeah. and man, now like I've talked to you in this last year as much as maybe anyone. Like it was, it's been a yeah. so looking forward to the next show. And like when something happens, Definitely. I know like oh, I'm curious what if Tim saw that or if he, you know, like I, yeah. you're like you're just my buddy with with all this stuff now. And uh, it's it's really great to have someone to share the positives, the negatives, uh, the the stuff that yeah. we like because we're just nerds at heart. You know, we love all this stuff. Uh, we're just dorks and. Man, we went through WandaVision, we went through Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we went through Loki, we went through What If, we went through Hawkeye, we've got the Black Widow yeah. movie for you, we've got Eternals movie for you, all of those things, yeah. every episode of every one of them, we've got recapped here, and we are putting a bow now on Hawkeye as we finish up episode six in the next Probably two weeks or so. Tim and I will uh will do Spider Man. I I gotta go see mm-hmm. it one time for sure. At least same more. same. Um, and then we'll uh you know we'll I'm sure have a a very lengthy recap on that movie yeah. uh, as well. Yeah. And then after that, it'll be jumping into the the new year and what's ahead next year, which 
I think we were teasing a little bit like Moon Knight and She Hulk. Mm-hmm. I think are some of the the next TV shows that we're going to have on Disney Plus, and then Doctor Strange, yeah. I believe, will be the next big movie that we got a, a like a full trailer for Doctor Strange at the very end of Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's coming quick. There's a lot uh, in the pipeline right now, and we've been talking about it for a long time. It's kind of crazy to to think that all these different uh, projects are basically right at our doorstep right now. You know, add on to that, you know, we're, we're not recapping it, uh, you and I at least, but we've got Book of Boba Fett uh, oh, yeah. dropping like this week. Yeah. Uh, you've got a lot. Matrix, Matrix just came out. I, I, I'm hearing a lot of split things. I can't wait to check that one out. Probably going to watch that yet, today heard, or tomorrow. I've heard some really polarizing stuff on that too. I polarize, yeah, because I hear great things. I hear people like, yeah, this is so weird and different. And I hear people going, this is the worst movie ever. And that honestly gets gets me going. I, I want to see that movie. Movies that are really divisive, I, I tend like- to look a little bit more favorably on because that, that tends to to me show that they're they're doing something kind of original, they're kind trying. of something bold. Yeah. I like bold bold choices in, in filmmaking, and uh, and that's something that to be fair, I would say the MCU could use a little bit more of. They've made certain types of bold choices, casting choices, you know, here and there and things. But I, I would love to see a little bit more boldness, a little bit more out there stuff uh, with them. Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, is a great opportunity for that. And I have a lot of faith that James Gunn is going to deliver uh, with the two Guardians of the Galaxy projects that he has uh, in the pipeline. We're, we got the, the Christmas, Christmas special coming next yeah. year. And we've got uh, we've got Guardians 3 coming out. I, I'm not sure if it comes before or after Christmas, but I, I digress. Those things very highly anticipated. Uh, you mentioned She-Hulk. I cannot wait uh, to see how maybe Matt Murdock fits into that. She is a lawyer after all. I believe it's based in New York. Can't wait to see Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, Professor Hulk, how that fits in. Does he stay as Professor Hulk or does he go back to Mark Ruffalo like we saw him at the end of, um, what was it, Shang-Chi? I, I can't even remember at this point. Uh, there's just so many. They're all kind of blending together. Uh, but that's a, that's, a, that's a good thing, I think. There's a lot to be excited about. And, uh, yeah, I'm super stoked to see uh, what we have in store. I hope they can keep up this good track record, even for all our complaints about it. Uh, I'm it's, still it's really very enjoying much. this ride. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It was – we're critiquing them like uh, – you know, like critique, like a critic would watching. It's not that mm-hmm. we didn't like. It's just, hey, you know, um, this could have maybe been a little better. This could have been maybe a little yeah. different. What was that? What was this? But not bad in any way, shape, or form. I very much enjoyed this series uh, from the beginning. Yeah. To the end, would have maybe liked a little post-credit scene at the end to put a better bow on it, but (laughs) nonetheless, uh, I'm not going to complain overall. As Hawkeye will now add to the uh, the Marvel Christmas uh, stuff as well Mm -hmm. with Iron Man three, and then next year we'll have that uh, that Christmas special, the Guardians of the Galaxy. So they're building their own little Christmas library. And uh, speaking of which, we are actually recording this on the morning Christmas Eve morning. And I'm going to release it right after just just probably this uh, on a uh, solo show. But man, TK, I thank you so much, buddy. You've helped thank uh, you. so many hours throughout this year, and I, I think it's the just the very beginning of uh, of a long, long future of uh, of us doing some work together. And man, uh, only positives uh, are the the uh, the stuff I hear from people that that love our deep dives. They really enjoy it. They love hearing the back and forth. That's great. They, um, and. I can't thank you enough. I really can't. Merry Christmas to you and Jackie and Connor and your family. And I will, uh, we'll link up in the next week or two and we'll, uh, we'll talk some Spidey. Uh, I can't wait. This has been a pleasure as usual. Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, that was great before you gave a little bit of, uh, 
our origin story. We've got a chance to, to yep. see a lot of and discuss a lot of origin stories on this. But that was the, the Tim and Gino. Uh, yeah. That's what G said. Marvel <laughs> recap origin story. Uh, and it was very, very well told, I must say. Uh, <laughs> only thing missing is, is a post-credit uh, sequence there. But I, I digress. Post-credit uh, sequence of you and I like smoking a blunt or yeah. something. Right? <laughs> yeah, we, we, need, we need something uh, after the podcast uh, yeah. uh, as a little uh, Christmas present uh just like Marvel did for us. Uh, but yeah, it's been a blast with you. Thank you so much. Uh, it, it's just uh, been so much fun chatting these movies and shows with you. Uh, who else could I talk uh, about a half hour show for, for 30, for, for three hours with, I mean, my God. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I'm, I haven't been bored for one minute of it. So I, I, I hope our audience is the same. Ever yeah. feel like it when we're talking, right? Like we'll be talking and then I'll look up and be like, Oh crap, we're at 90 minutes, you know, like we're at an hour and a half or oh crap, you know. So that's when you know Hello. that it's a great a great conversation and a great friendship and a great relationship. TK, yeah. my man, uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. We're going to give you, you a follow on social media at Tim is not funny where you could follow him and check out the music project Ice Cream Fire there. Uh great great stuff uh and fantastic content from Tim as you could hear with him. Tim is just a really good, he's got a good mind for uh for entertainment. For content, just kind of for art in general, some of the things that it, Tim notices in the movies with the way they're production produced and stuff, you can you can always get that love and you get that feel with uh, all the the music and the content that Tim is a part of as well. So, Jackie, Connor, Thank Tim, you. I hope you all have a great one, buddy. Thanks so much and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Do not go anywhere, folks. Uh, still plenty more left on this episode of That's What G Said. And that's going to do it for this episode of That's What G Said, and that's going to do it for Hawkeye. We're done with Hawkeye, Hawkeye in the books, but Spider-Man No Way Home will be the next deep dive. Tim and I have both watched the movie once. We're going to go back and check it out at least one more time before we can come into our uh, our real uh, full-on recap and review with all of you. Merry Christmas. Next week, we'll probably get back onto a more normal schedule where most shows will have, you know, just a variety shows tons of different topics they'll all have some racing some sports some you know pop culture stuff here and there but uh, that'll probably start back up next week the christmas and into new year with the holidays i figured i don't want to wait around let's just give you everything that we have we'll just get it on out there for you so best of luck and have a very very happy holidays with the family and we'll be talking to you again real soon on that's what g said Yeah.